0: is Tom Chick. You are listening to the Quarter to Three movie podcast, where this week we have seen Captain America.
1: Uh, I say, am the whole joined... title. say the whole title.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Captain America, the earliest Avenger. <laughs> right, that's good. How was that? <laughs> is that good? Yeah. Uh, it's actually the first Avenger. I do know. I, You know what? I'm going to say right now, I know a lot more than I might let on during this podcast.
2: Just so folks. Wow. You mean about the movie or?
1: And other things. You'll see. Hey, audience, I I can say interesting (laughs) things, but I'm not going to. Just wanted you guys to know that. (laughs)
0: Uh, Before we all jump in, let me introduce everyone. I am joined by Christian Musalski. I'm from Fresno, Ace. And also, Kelly Wand, who might have a Captain America,
1: the first Avenger tagline for us this week. Kelly Wand, what do you got? Uh, More like corporal punishment. <laughs> <Very>
0: good. <laughs> Now, Dingus, before we spoil anything in Captain America for folks who may not have seen it, why don't you tell us a little bit about what this movie is in, in in spoiler-free terms. It won't ruin the plot or any developments or or surprise cameos from Stan Lee or anything like that. Why don't you tell people just a general overview of what, what this is?
2: All right. This week we saw Captain America, colon, The First Avenger. A 2011 American action sci-fi adventure superhero comic book movie (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) directed by Joe Johnston and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, based on comic books by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. It is Mm. about a guy dedicated to defending America's ideals. It Mm. stars Chris Evans, Hayley Atwell, Hugo Weaving, and Tommy Lee Jones. The film is rated PG-13. For intense sequences of sci fi violence and in action, including Propeller Blood Mist, but mm. excluding <laughs> Bare Buttocks for the children. That's
0: right. They did cut away. That's right. Good point, Dingus. Uh, uh, so, Dingus, did you pause after Haley Atwell's name for a reaction from Kelly Wand that was not forthcoming? Yes. Yeah, I wondered about that myself. That's That was as conspicuous an omission as the G.I. buttocks that were not shown in the movie.
1: Oh, that's her name?
0: <laughs> I thought it was Ellen Page. Uh, Digus, was that it? I'm sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you.
2: No, her name was G.I. buttocks. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Uh, So, there you go. That's the general stuff. Now we're going to, we've all three seen this movie, I should warn you. So, we are going to be speaking about it accordingly, and that might involve spoilers from here on out. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, Kelly Wand, why don't you just go ahead and spoil everything for our listeners by giving us a, oh, I don't know, maybe like a synopsis of of what happens in the course of Captain America, the first Avenger?
1: I didn't see the whole movie because I had really bad diarrhea. So, I kept leaving. I hope that's not too much information. So my review may be spotty.
0: Is that is that <laughs> part once. of the part of the synopsis?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't even write that down. But you know what I wrote down when Dingus was talking. He said the guy screenwriter's name was McFeely, mm-hmm. and what's Captain America's name? Rogers. Steve Rogers. See, Mister Rogers, Mister McFeely, the mailman, on Mister Rogers.
0: Huh? Ah, I did not realize. I did not catch that connection. Very good.
1: Who was your favorite uh, Lannister in season one?
0: Okay. um, (laughs) I'm afraid I don't know what that is.
1: By the way, uh, I looked up on Wikipedia. I found out Captain America is George Washington's, or was, sorry, because he's dead. Captain America was George Washington's third favorite superhero after the Hulk and Mary Worth. (laughs) But he was uh, Adolf Hitler's ninth favorite. Because Hitler liked the motorcycle, but he thought um he was too milk toast, and the making a master race super serum thing was too heavy handed. <laughs> I'm surprised I mean. you didn't put these in the in the synopsis, Kelly wand well, it's not about it's just it's not about the plot of the movie. it's just it's random it's
0: like random trivia, it's like background <laughs> information right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's to psych you up for this okay well, actually, go go actually, go ahead, does, Kelly does pre buttons. yeah it's like uh the newsreel before the the movie and then by the way i'm very i'm very very angry about the little thing
0: that you wait to see after the credits are over in this movie Uh... we'll get to that a little bit i'm sure me and dingus we have some harsh words before we start though while we're on the little trivia phase i have a trivia question for you guys are you ready for this Uh uh-huh so this is for two points what do the roman empire the dark knight and the Planet of the Apes have in common?
1: They all have a Statue of Liberty on them. Mm, no, I'm sorry. So Dingus, well, I know two- that I know it's true. Of the Romans. So Dingus, know, it's
0: yeah. over to you. you. This is your chance for two points, Dingus. What do oh, the you Roman only to Empire? Months. Yeah, you. <laughs> you, you that's it. <laughs> no, you failed. So Dingus, what do the Roman Empire, the Dark Knight, and the Planet of the Apes have in common? Charlton Heston. I'm sorry. Marble. The correct answer Rock. is. That- they all no. The correct answer is that they all rise. Mm. You see, you see what I did there.
1: Was the last one
0: <laughs> the uh, Roman Empire, the Dark Knight, and the Planet of the Apes? They all rise. You see, they all decline too. We don't know for sure. Where we, we don't, what's we haven't already, we're not sure about. Well, we don't know if the Dark Knight or Planet of the Apes are going to decline.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I predict it's already declined. The last one.
0: Uh, but while we're talking about spoilers, can I just mention, I don't normally watch trailers, but I'm watching one trailer in which I discovered that Tom Cruise had been called in because uh-huh. the because the IMF had been disavowed, which seems like pretty extreme reaction to this whole like Strauss-Kahn sexual assault stuff with the International Monetary Fund. I, I swear to God, that's in a trailer. Tom Cruise gets called in because the IMF has been disavowed. So what do you guys think of that?
1: What's the IMF? What are, you doing monitoring monitoring what are you doing watching well, that? What are you doing watching? I didn't know what it was. Yeah, why
0: are you watching? That? I didn't know that it was a Mission Impossible movie. That's oh, a Brad my... Bird movie. You're looking
1: at Brad Bird trailers. Oh
0: wow, you're right. You're right. Well, I did close my eyes once I saw Tom Cruise, but I'm like, why is this? What is this about the IMF? What? And I didn't realize that was the Mission Impossible people, but it, it really did seem like <laughs> the international. Monitor I don't understand fun. your question. Though. Are you saying It Blown you... up the Kremlin? Okay, I'm sorry. What am I saying? What? What are you um, asking? That that was not a trivia question. The trivia contest is over. Neither of you has won. I have won it because neither of you got to two points. So on a separate topic, uh, because I saw the Rise for the Planet of the Apes trailer. Right, okay. You you made fun of the fact that the planet doesn't actually rise. That's stupid. And I know that Dark Knight is called the Dark Knight Rises, whatever. Uh,
2: That sounds a little silly to me. I didn't remember that one,
0: yeah. Oh, oh, well, you you should pay attention to movies that are coming out next year. Night Rise. I I think Tom's saying that the,
2: the trailer that he watched is strangely prescient. Whereas I think it's what's
1: that He's talking about what's he? What's it predicting? Well, there's no real IMF. Did you know that? <laughs> there is a real IMF. The uh, IMF. There's an actual legion of superheroes, but there's no IMF.
0: No, what IMF stands for the International Monetary Fund, and the head of it was recently embroiled in a sexual assault scandal, which has since jumped nations from New York to I think uh, the daughter of a politician has. Uh... Did you know about this uh, Strauscon?
1: Now it know sounds that's... complicated. It's you know what news, man. Who can keep up? If there's an acronym in the headline, I just zone so like, out. Oh, IMF. Oh yeah, that Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, Impossible Mission Fund.
0: So, Ray, right, genuine question here, Kelly. When you hear IMF, do you really think of something from Mission Impossible? Cause I, I do. Oh, wow. Okay. Well,
1: I. No. <laughs> When people say Jurassic, I think of parks instead of <laughs> geology, too. All right. I think of benches and uh, just the little SUVs, electric ones on monorails. I and was just also, electric little boys, yes. In,
0: in what little I saw of this Mission Impossible trailer, before I closed my eyes and realized what I've seen, uh, Jeremy Renner. Oh, I good. know. I don't – so they're scrapping Tom Cruise for Jeremy Renner? Oh, they are? No, I just, I don't know. I just saw both of the actors. They're both in it. And, of course, Jeremy Renner's in this uh, this Avengers thing. I'm just so glad to see him.
1: Uh, just, in every fucking was, movie, in every blockbuster ever. As well he, he should be. I love that guy.
2: I thought he so. was going to be born or something.
1: Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. That's yeah. right, Dingus. Yeah. So he's every franchise. He's <laughs> every. You know he's, he's new... Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, James Bond. If
0: we're going to have a new Sam Worthington, I would just right. assume it be Jeremy Renner. here, here. So anyway, let's let's talk. Speaking of Jeremy Renner, let's talk Captain America. <laughs> that, that was all my fault. That whole derail. I apologize. So, Kelly Wand, uh, for folks who, who who may be a little confused about what happened in this movie, because there's a lot of stuff going on. Why don't you break it down for us and give us a synopsis?
1: Is Tom Cruise still married to the chick from the third Emission of Because She's not in the previews and it was a different chick from the second
2: one.
0: I am not aware of his marital status. Uh-huh.
2: Kelly, did Captain you pronounce that emission impossible on purpose? Emission? Yeah, I did. Everything I do is on purpose. I'm right. totally
1: Machiavellian. See, I mispronounced that on purpose. <laughs> I'm a genius. Uh genius. All right, Captain America, the first Avengers. Ready? Awesome. Rock and roll. Okay, so there's this country called America. Um, I forget the continent's name, but I'm sure it's catchy. And some guys in suits go to the North Pole and see some tail fin-shaped CG and go, what is it, a flashback framing device? And then we go back to nineteen forty two, back when Busby Boikley was president C and this ninety pound weakling named uh Steve Rogers with a hunky two hundred pound guy's voice keeps getting kicked out of recruiting offices because he has too many health issues. Although he gets beaten up constantly by bullies, but never has a scratch on him or bleeds, except when he masturbates, which is constantly. And so since he's the only 18-year-old left in the city because he's 4F, he goes to the movies to see a double feature of Die, Japs, Die, and White Cargo. But the movie hasn't started yet. They're showing those trivia questions on the screen. And one of them's Tom Hanks won an Oscar for playing Forrest Blank. But some bully who isn't 4-F, but for some reason not overseas fighting, shouts, These trivia questions have poor repeat value. Start the fucking thing about turning off cell phones. Where the movie seats turn into marijuana leaves. (laughs) I don't know why he waited a long time. Second part of that sentence. But anyway, that's what I saw in the movie. So Steve Rogers is all, Hey, show some respect. Tribute questions help the war effort, commie. So the guy beats him up in an alley so that they both miss the movie while nobody watches. And an old scientist guy named Albert Einstein sees him trying to use a trash can lid to protect his groin with while he cowered in an alley. And the guy stomps on top of him for 10 hours, and the scientist goes, Ah, the perfect specimen for my super soldier serum, a self-destructive loser. And Steve Rogers is all, Huh? And the guy takes him into a room with scientists and a high-tech Iron Maiden and a hot British girl. And he goes, I have invented a serum that amplifies what you already are, and or possibly gives you a red skull. But I wouldn't worry about that. And Steve Rogers is all, awesome, maybe we should try it out on you since you're super smart. That way you'll be even smarter. Or maybe somebody's super strong, so they become, like, ultra-super strong. Hey, what if you're just average? Does it just make you even more average? What kind of fucking science is this? And the guy goes, well, I don't keep any notes or records of any kind. So if somebody shoots me after they use the bundles I've ever made on you, the are glauben sie schoffen. <laughs> And Cap's all, okay, I guess as long as you have a German accent and I have no next of kin. Wait, does this serum also automatically give me better mental acuity and expert fighting and eidetic memory and marksmanship abilities? Or is that too implausible? And the doctor's all, too late, you're in the machine. (laughs) So they put him in the machine and it turns him into a wax-chested Chris Evans. It's like a CG removing machine. (laughs) And he's all, way to go, Einstein. And they're all... Wow, you look like the Human Torch, but blander. And he's all, oh, this is the 40s. And they're all, yeah, there's a Human Torch in the 40s, too. But like Jessica Alba, even though you're not a blonde, you'll only be cast as blonde Marvel superheroes. Then a Nazi shoots the doctor and gets in a car and honks his horn twice and drives off. But Captain America chases him down. But one of the guy's teeth is made of cyanide, so he dies before the scene can end slowly. So now that the army has this badass steroid monstrosity, expert at killing Nazis without uh, showing any blood when he kills them, they use them in musical numbers to get people to buy war bonds because putting on expensive musicals is expensive. But when Cap goes to the front, he gets on stage and goes, uh, Sarita Hayworth couldn't make it, so I was just going to sing a couple uh, quick patriotic songs, Uh, maybe just the first verses because this place is about to get shelled by the krauts in an hour. Uh, Okay, so who here knows uh, John Ashcroft's worthy eagle soars, and they pelt him with rocks and garbage. So Tommy Lee Jones is his drill sergeant and also running the super soldier project and also in charge of all troop movements in the European and African theaters of the war. And he's all, by the way, your childhood friend Bucky got drunk last night and wandered into a Nazi encampment a couple furlongs from here, along with 300 other guys. Don't do anything stupid, though. That's not why we made you. Just keep practicing your dance moves. <laughs> Eisenhower. <laughs> uh, sorry. Eisenhower's decided we might want to try Starlight Express for the Normandy Beach invasion. <laughs> uh, God, that's so right. Sorry. I don't know why that's bad for him. I don't normally laugh. But anyway. <laughs> Cap goes, oh, that reminds me. And he gives Tony Stark some crumpled Kleenex and Stark's all, um, is this gum in here? And Caps all, yeah, but also some bitchin' ideas I wrote, like this motorcycle that shoots out mustard gas fumes and red, white, and blue, and also an apple pie nuke. And Stark's reading the list and he's all, hmm, well, the monkey sidekick for your sidecar shouldn't be an issue, but a tooth with cyanide in it? What the fuck? And Caps all, oh yeah, I heard you're also a pilot as well as a brilliant inventor, so drop me behind enemy lines so I can save Bucky and all the other boys so they can go back to fighting on the front again. Can't wait to see their faces. And Stark's all, cool, I'm glad you have faith in my keeping things airborne, even after that onstage hovering car fiasco back in the States that one night. And Steve Rogers is all, whatever, nerd. So they drop him behind enemy lines, and he saves everybody. By jumping into lava in slow motion, and the camera dissolving to six weeks later, we reach the army base with no casualties or pursuit or adventures of any kind. Because our imagination's the real CG. And the hot British chicks all, I see now why we lost the revolution to you, Yanks. God was stoned. And Caps hang out with all his rescued buddies, including Bucky, and he goes, Well, boys, here we are together again, except for Stinky had to go back to Tuskegee because the troops are segregated. But, uh, yeah, pretty awesome canteens. Oh, huh. Freedom and democracy, huh? Eh? And the Japanese guys all, Why is shield? If you're going to use it like a boomerang, why not just use a boomerang? And Caps all, Well, Tojo, war makes strange bedfellows. That's my real point. We all gotta sacrifice, like you people being held in internment camps. I mean, you're already from Cleveland. Know what I'm saying? And the Asian dude's all, Where's your sacrifice? And Steve Rogers is all, uh, I had to sit in a tanning bed for a couple seconds while it gave me superpowers. Oh, and I also got promoted to captain, so I am not have to that push-ups at four in the morning bullshit. So what was the question? And Bucky goes, look, the important thing is childhood friendships not becoming some cynical, cheesy, bullshit war movie cliche. Boom, fucking blows up. And Cap's all, Bucky, No! So the Red Skull's using some blue energy cube to make blue CG with so he can rule the world PG-13-ly, but Cap stops him by raising his shield, which blocks blue CG, except for the blue CG they use to make super soldier serums. And then he kills the Red Skull by the Red Skull touching the cube and screaming and turning into pixels. Then Captain America flies the plane into the North Pole to save all the innocent civilians who aren't at the North Pole that day. But on the way, he tells the British girl that they have a date next Saturday. And she's all, I'll do my best not to forget you. We'll send people to your crash site as soon as I get around to it. So 69 years go by, and he wakes up in a Truman Show hospital ward with a 40s radiator in it and Amos and Andy on TV so he doesn't freak out. And the nurse is all, oh, good, you're awake. And still young and handsome and without a mark on you. I guess the fiery explosion of the plane crashing and decades of ice canceled each other out. And he's all, what year is this? And she's all, the present day. And he goes, what rank am I? And she's all, I don't know. They said you didn't qualify for back pay, though, because super soldiers aren't technically human or soldiers. And she takes out some papers and goes, also, your rent, hospital bills, and taxes are due. Oh, and your rank's now corporal. And he's all, no, and he splashes through the plaster of Paris Wall. The doctors thought would be sufficient and runs out in Times Square where the VA hospital's located. And Sam Jackson shows up in a Prius and goes, hi, I'm Nick Fury, not the same black guy who was in your commando squad earlier. Congress has decided that we're going to put you in charge of a Norse god and a purple archer and a couple of motherfucking robots and shit, give you a butler, and put you in a mansion like the X-Men, but call you guys the Avengers. And Cap's all, to avenge what? And Sam Jackson's all, uh, makes more sense than Alpha Flight. And they watch the end credits scroll by and try not to move. And after the credits are done, all the superheroes are there with them in Times Square, all posed together implausibly, like the end of a Star Wars movie. She-Hulk, Stretch Monster, Herbie the Love Bug, Doctor Shrinker, Mayor McCheese, Hong Kong Fooey, and Chai Private Eye, Olive Oil, the Ropers, Mister Peanut, Larry the Stooge, Travis Bickle, Joe Camel, Misfortune, Fred Rated. and they're all—we're uh, the Avengers, the Rich Man's Defenders. And Caps all, awesome, okay, I'll be in charge, now let's go win World War II. And the human torch is all, uh, we won that one without you, actually. <laughs> even though you did crash the Red Skull's plane into our Arctic military HQ. Right now we're kind of looking at Afghanistan, but we're like fucking $8 trillion in debt because of some wars that we started 10 years ago for oil, even though we didn't get any. You want to be put back in the ice yet? And Caps all, Excelsior! And jumps through a Lakers flag on his exploding motorcycle. Freeze frame, set to the song Freeze Frame. The end. Wow, Kelly Wan, very nice.
2: Misfortune. Yay. (laughs) See?
1: See? Product placement.
2: Uh, All right. Well done. Well, I got to take a drink. Hold on. Uh, Yeah, hold on. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think I'm going to have a smoke as well. Hold on. (laughs) This is a PG-13
1: thing. It's no smoking.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. It's an electronic cigarette.
1: Did you guys read the Captain America comic book when you were... Dingus kids? did.
0: Dingus knows all about the comics. Uh, he's really into that stuff. He has a Captain America t-shirt, and that's
1: not a lie. I, uh, I am. He's kind of like Captain America, like after the serum.
0: There's a certain earnestness to him, yes, that's true.
2: And I don't have a sense of humor.
1: <laughs> hey! You're an excellent dancer, and you accessorize properly. <laughs> and... Uh... He looks good I can in fights. Yeah. Speak for myself, but during whenever I would read comics when I was a kid, it's like I'd read Thor and Spider Man and X Men eagerly, but Captain America I read out of duty, like a you know, stick in the hood one. Well, that's strangely appropriate.
2: Wait, how did uh, you spell that word, duty? Duty, uh, doodily. Oh, okay. Duty. Okay.
0: Uh, so <laughs> is this is someone? Uh, one of you guys be the source material expert. How much does this diverge from the true comics,
2: Dingus? You know this stuff. Well, I remember Captain America being afraid of spiders and loving lasagna. So um, <laughs> there was none of that in this. He, there was no spiders, there was no lasagna, and there was I don't remember anybody named John. So,
0: so all right, that's no help. Uh, does Captain America actually take place in the forties?
2: And is so. it just an advertisement for steroids?
1: What? because <laughs> he wouldn't if he punches hitler on stage that would only fool people before 1945 otherwise they'd go hey wait a minute we he was in the bunker that
0: but in yeah. all seriousness like is that just his origin story or did they play out all the comic books like back in the 40s and this whole thing about him freezing and coming to modern times like all of that is canon or did they just like decide to set this in the the 40s i mean i know he's probably they came up with him in the 60s or whatever like he's part of that era of comics right
1: he well he was in
0: the 40s too oh he actually he actually they they started this captain america thing back like he was a contemporary superhero back in the 40s
1: yeah like they uh he was the one who hit hitler's face that's based oh, that's on actually captain oh, america that's, i did not know that uh so that's what people wanted to see back then yeah suck it hitler
0: so did he then get frozen for a bunch of years and then wake up 60 years later? Is that all from the comics, too? You guys don't know. I don't even know why I'm asking
1: you this. Because uh, that was, was... But it was It was 62. He got. He was thawed out in the Silver Age.
0: So he actually did fight in World War II. He was a contemporary superhero back in the 40s. At one point, they killed him or froze him or whatever, and they thaw him out in the 60s? That's all true.
2: Yeah. Okay. Even if any of it is true, what... Why the fuck make a movie about it? But
1: and it, the Human Torch found him, I think, in the ice in 63. I don't know. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't. It's Chris Evans it. finding Chris Evans.
0: Now, is that true, too? Because I don't believe either of you at this point. I'm not sure I trust either of what you're telling me. What? So that's true. The, the Human Torch actually found Captain America. For, you know what? I should have just read. What he was his- also.
1: Wait, wait. Check this. He was okay. also in the 50s. So he was only in the ice for like a, year, a couple of years, <laughs> and he and he was he he hung out after World War II and fought the communists.
0: Oh, so that is a real thing. That this is a guy. Okay, uh, but I guess for modern day Avengers, they're just going to skip over all that stuff.
1: But then I think he got killed last year because I remember Sean Hannity was talking about. <laughs> Killing off Captain America when we're at war?
0: <gasps> well, now, he was part of that, you know what, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't he part of that whole Marvel Civil War storyline where they split up on this idea of registering
1: superheroes? You know what, I'm out of my element. I'm not yeah, but go. Electra was a scroll. Did you know that? So when she came back to life, she was actually an alien imposter. The
0: Jennifer, uh, not Warner, what's her name? Jennifer uh, Garner. I, Jennifer I like Garner Warner
1: too. She's pretty cute. Yeah, I miss her. General. All right,
0: well, let's talk about this movie. Cause, so here's here's the deal. So I was just curious how much of this comes. Like, I, I did not know that this was going to be a story about World War II. So I, that's what I love about not seeing trailers. Uh, and I think I, I thought, like, I think I knew he was going to be one of the modern-day Avengers. So when it starts off in World War II, I was like, wait a minute, this guy has got to... Like, how are we going to have him in the modern day and not have him be, like, 80 years old? And then I figured he just wasn't going to age, but then they did the little... No, no, there's science. Well, they did that whole device, too, with the flying wing, because I wasn't real clear on the date there. Like, they had, I think they had, like, flashlights and these little winches and stuff, but there's, there's nothing you necessarily see there that shows you it's modern day, Right. Like, is that a big uh, fake-out? You know what? Everyone knows. That's the thing is everyone knows this is all a setup for an Avengers movie. So at some point, it's got to right. come into the modern era. Um, so I did it. That was a nice reveal for me is it oh, hey, this is World War Two Because actually, I seem to recall, don't the, the trailers start with some World War II recruiting thing? Um, so anyway, that was a pleasant surprise that this was a period piece. I did not expect
1: that. Uh, it was a period piece the way X-Men 4 was a period piece.
0: Uh you the mean Rock. Legends? I would go uh, with it's a period piece the way The Rocketeer is a period
1: piece. What do you think of that? Mm, the Rocketeer is more consistent a period piece. All right. Captain America, I, I, we went over this last week or two, but it's like people weren't smoking in the X-Men movie and it annoyed me. And now it's like, dude, there's not a cigarette in World War II among those soldiers. Ah, like, right. it just like a Saving Private Ryan kind of Captain America movie.
0: So, uh, Dingus, you, you seem to have said something disparaging about this movie. This didn't work for you? You said something like, why would they bother making this?
2: Uh, Yeah, that's what I said. And do you? I have the uh, same question.
1: About why I they would bother you. making this? I'm a little un... Well, it's just because it was all that was left, is the answer. Is that... <laughs> I don't people, understand... People...
2: I don't understand going the way they went, uh, playing the characters the way they played them, specifically the male and female leads. But now it's, it's starting to sound like Tom loved this.
0: <laughs> I actually did. Uh, I, really? Oh yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Uh, I I had a great time. I thought it was very energetic. I thought it had a great sort of economy of storytelling. I I liked the actors. It I it it undermined just enough for me the uh, my feelings about the inherent ridiculousness of superhero movies that I yeah. appreciated it. Um, and it did remind me a lot of The Rocketeer. I thought that Joe Johnson, who's done some just terrible movies lately, I afterwards went back. If I had known going into Captain America the movies that Joe Johnson had directed recently, I would have been dreading this movie. Uh, but I just went in, the only one off the top of my head I could remember was Rocketeer. Uh, but he hasn't done it. Like he did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, then Rocketeer, then a bunch of crap like Jumanji. And uh, and I don't even remember now the things i looked up. Um, but I this this uh, I thought you did Jurassic did it Park three yeah right right which I actually kind of liked though now everyone like I, I did
1: <laughs> no no I know <laughs> it's just, I I have other friends who say what you say and I don't and and they and I go why did you like it and they go because the pterodactyl I go you came in at the end you said he goes yeah it was great And I go pterodactyls your third act that's not it come on it's the well it park right. movie it's the you're end like of the I, trilogy pterodactyl I agree it doesn't, yeah it doesn't hang together very
0: well but uh, there's some neat stuff in it but but overall I thought this song together just very well as an overall package it wasn't just like a jurassic park three thing where i was like yeah that scene was kind of cool and that scene was okay and william h macy you know that's sort of what i come out of jurassic park three with whereas this i really felt like i got a full package of a a very well done action movie that made me not roll my eyes at the superhero stuff um so yeah i I I quite liked it
1: I wasn't rolling my eyes. It's not that it's badly made, but it's the same issue I think I had with the comic, which is there's no supporting character. There's there's no comic or dramatic dynamic for the character. He's just just in this vacuum. There's no one for him to react to. Uh,
0: I agree. Hold that thought. Uh, Dingus, what was your problem with it in a nutshell?
2: Uh, I thought it wasted an incredible amount of time and looked phony.
0: (laughs) 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 So, uh, so, so, so Kelly Wan, your your problem is that he was kind of in a vacuum. He didn't have much of a anybody to interact with, uh, and Dingus waste of time and looked phony.
2: No, I don't think that I don't think the movie is a waste of time. I think there's oh. things in it to value. I think that it along the way wasted a lot of time when it could have been using that time wisely, and the things that it did looked phony, and okay. the the way it made the characters again, you know part of your question earlier was uh about period pieces or talking about period pieces and given what happens with that female who is incredibly hot and pretty good at what yes. she does i think as an actress uh, i think it's a waste of time because you don't see it just never goes anywhere she's just is never, she never she even goes anywhere dead at the end she, of the she movie gets, she gets to kill some one person in a token way and it's just I don't understand why you set it here and why we why we plod through this earnest story of patriotism. I don't get it. Can I make a suggestion? For, yeah, I would I, mean, I would love for that because I don't get this superhero. I don't get why you why you confine this particular actor who is full of energy and full of humor in this from what I see as a flat role. I don't get it. So I would love for you to to do that.
0: Part of what I, I liked about it is, you know, we've talked before about... Uh, well, I've talked before about how I think a lot of the superhero stuff is silly and it's all just power fantasies. And it's one of the things I really appreciated about about the movie Super with Rain Wilson is is how it, it kind of addresses that, that issue, that these are just power fantasies and they're juvenile and they're silly and look what happens if you indulge them. Uh, Super is this sort of cautionary black comedy in a way about that. Uh, what I appreciated here... Um, is that it was it wasn 't a it was a power fantasy from uh, this almost quaintly historical time where uh, we it was it was out of this sense of national obligation and that is such a period piece detail that i I think gets lost a lot in in the modern world um, this idea of you know that that sort of quaint patriotic, uh, do this for my country, uh, look back at at how people felt around World War II. Uh, And a lot of that's mythologized. You know, there were a lot of mis... You know, America sort of held back and didn't participate in World War II until it was safe. We let a lot of terrible things happen for strategically convenient reasons, and all of that's good and well. But when we think back to this national sort of attitude back in World War II, it it was very different. And this idea of what you would do with power was very different. And this idea of, I want to serve my country this way was very different. And it's kind of quaint looking back at that and casting this superhero power fantasy against that backdrop where he wanted to serve his country and all he was doing was being a silly man doing these shows in tights, appealing to 12-year-olds. I love that little joke about it. But what he really wanted to do was serve the country, And and not necessarily kill people, but protect people from from being killed. You know, stop bullying. Uh, And I just really appreciated that quaintly historical take on the superhero fantasy. Um, I feel like, uh, I I don't want to get too political, but I hate how the Bush administration perverted how we could have had that after 9-11. You know this idea of, of serving and going to Afghanistan and all that. There was this brief window where it seemed like America could recapture that that sense of honor and that ideal, and it all got perverted with the invasion of Iraq. And we were the bullies, exactly. And we were the bullies, and, and it all got it all got co opted for a very different
2: ideological agenda.
0: So, well, I it loved, specifically uh,
2: gets perverted with the story of Pat Tillman, I think, and what you're talking about reminds me of that.
0: You know what? Very good. Very good, Dingus. Exactly. Like, Pat Tillman is a kind of a darker version of, uh, you know, darker contemporary version of of this kind of character. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Uh, So I I just enjoyed, you know, whereas I I normally see superheroes. Like, I think of Iron Man and Thor. They're just like, Thor is this silly succession drama about a king from another dimension or whatever. It's a fish out of water thing. And he's got a hammer. Yeah, right. He's got a hammer and, and Iron Man. Like I still I'm not into the, the Iron Man stuff. I just don't get like a no. rich a rich guy with a bunch of toys and a magic doodad that if the bad guy gets it, ah, terrible things happen. I mean, I don't. And, and the Tony, you know, Tony Stark's character is just spoiled and privileged and irreverent. You know what?
1: Fuck that. But guy. he's funny.
0: Yeah, he's, a, he's yeah. a clown, right. Yeah, yeah, he's a clown Until he, superhero. Until he stops
1: drinking, then he's not funny anymore.
0: And, and that's the thing, is this is not a clown superhero. This is a superhero who really wants to do good, honorable, patriotic things for his country. And he doesn't want to be a clown. He he wants to do and And you know what? In a way, it can be flat. You can look at it that way. I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, but it's kind of quaintly historical. And I enjoyed that take on it much more than I enjoy the spoiled privilege of, of Tony Stark. Um,
2: uh. I agree. So with that that la- would- I definitely agree with that last point as far as characters concerned. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the the mousy Chris Evans uh, is any any kind of a real character that that you know he doesn't become anything real. I I mean I I like the the contrast you're making, but he he just feels like a poster the whole time. And I know Chris Evans has more depth than that, you know. But there's not a lot of. Depth in the script, I don't
0: think. I mean, the, the beats that I'm talking about are, you know, this, this weak guy who wants to do great things for his country, and he can't. So this superhero power fantasy is in the service of letting this weak guy serve his country. You know, that's what it's all about. I think that's all the depth that's here, and it's quaintly historical, but I would agree with you, Dingus, that it's not a lot of depth. You know, there's nothing approaching you, you know, the sort of the dark guilt that Batman feels or, you know, that, that sort of agony or the moping of Spider-Man or, or the, the invulnerability of Superman or whatever. All that stuff is not here, like all these potentially richer superhero tropes that you could mine. I agree with you.
2: Um, I mean, imagine, may, imagine you brought it up earlier, Rain Wilson's uh, Frank, I think, is it Frank? yeah, Frank getting put in that machine. Well, that would be a very different movie. I know, and oh, that would be... Of course, be- uh, of course. Yeah. But, but the earlier character is that guy who gets beat up, the, that sort of oh, right, dirty right. guy who wants to do well, but just doesn't have the physical gifts to do well, but means well. Uh, I mean, it's, not the, it's obviously not the same character. The other character has many other different things you, going on.
0: But you're right to bring that up, Dingus, because Super is, uh, is a distinct creation. I mean, it's a creature of 2010. Whereas I really feel, I mean, that's the the question was why would you put this in the 40s? I really feel that the Captain America, the Steve Rogers character, is very much a creature of 1942, and and that's why I think you put it there, and that's kind of the point of it. And even if there's not much depth beyond it, I feel it made that point very well.
2: You know, you know, now that you say it that way, the the fact that we're going to fast forward and have him now, because m- my first thought is then just set it now. Well, they're about to um and and that's why you know, and part of what sours me is that is that kelly what Kelly made fun of at the beginning of his synopsis, that future flashback moment, which for me uh, again, I get so annoyed at this it, it, i think I see it serving no dramatic purpose. you liked the oh, I disagree, uh but I think it's true it, it ruins the um it ruins the climax of the film, and I know what's gonna happen at the end because of this opening right thing that we see, and, and I that t- just pissed me off.
0: I want to tell you why I like the opening thing, because, again, okay. whenever I see that now, I, I, I worry that it's going to be the dingus effect, you know, because I'm now always on the, the lookout for these sort of bookends and, you know, 12, 20 years earlier kind of title cards and stuff. But what it did for me, you know, you guys mentioned how there wasn't much with the relationship with, uh, with that very striking, beautiful British woman, and I don't know where she's from, but, boy, I was so glad to see her in this role. She was really good, and I would have liked to have seen her given
1: more. She was just the generic love interest um, yeah, what
2: I, they really the one of the things I've che all on. You, well so you, saw, the- you saw her in Cassandra's dream
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that <laughs> uh, well anyway, so what what the what the little uh bookend thing did for me, or that that little uh, prologue did for me, is it lets you know that his final resting place is going to be that flying wing. And you don't know it's a flying wing when you see it. You you see the wing, you see the interior, and you're like, where is he? Is it a base? What's going on is this I wasn't real clear on it and as the movie progresses for me that flying wing and I loved the hardware in this movie too it was another thing I really really enjoyed even though I agree with you Dingus and I want to talk about this about how it looked phony uh, it was so CG heavy but I want to get back to that you know, I loved seeing that flying wing, but I felt like seeing that flying wing. And then when he first goes into it, for me, there was a sense of, oh, this is where it's all going to end. So that when he finally kisses that British woman, that was their goodbye. You know, I, I kind of got this sense, and it's it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. I completely agree. But as far as just these sort of glib action movie beats, it really worked for me. That when you know he gets on that flying wing, he is never going to get off, and he is never going to see her again. So, See as far it. as giving that romance any hint of depth or meaningfulness, that worked for me.
1: Well, at the end, when he wakes up in the hospital ward, hmm? he doesn't ask about her if she's alive or dead. Or I realize there's a lot on his plate at the moment. But the fact that he doesn't look for her there—I mean, he she still alive. He does say. I mean, that's the thing.
0: Is it's not that kind of movie. What, what we're watching is not a movie. It's not an Aliens. You know, about him coming to terms with the fact that he's lost 50 years. You know, that's just they—they they give it. Like Dingus said, his little line about, I've got a date on Saturday. Like, that's all we're going to get just for this little button. And I don't know, because Joss Whedon is doing the Avengers movie, maybe a director and writer like Joss Whedon, who's so character-driven, will do more stuff with that. I hope he will. Um, But I don't think there was really much room in this movie for them to explore that, you know, guy who's lost 50, 60, 70 years out of his life.
2: Um, It's fascinating to me that you get that, that your feeling is, oh, this is – this is where the movie is going to end. I mean, that's a fascinating reaction because my reaction is the same, but my intonation is, Oh, this is where the movie is going to end. Because <laughs> yeah. As soon as I see that flying wing, I realize I, I see everything that's going to happen. And then when we get to that uh, recuperation room in New York city, I know it's fake. Yeah. Right. Everything. It, yeah. It, it ruined. I don't see any, there's no surprises after that. I mean, as soon as I see that wing, I, I go, Oh, well,
1: and let you me go, ask, Oh, Tom, Tom, you know what else? Oh go on. I'll well, I just give you can, an you example just, what he's talking about.
0: Well you say there's no surprises. And I agree with you depending on what kind of surprises you're looking for. The surprises I got were, there were still surprises for me, and I would list them not as any meaningful character motivation surprises, but but as as just simple little action movie surprises. Those little suicide bombers aimed for different cities. Uh, what's going to happen to Hugo Weaving when he touches the cube? Uh, you know, <laughs> look, that they get that they get to talk on the uh, phone. You know, what are their last words going to be? Like. I knew exactly where the movie was going, Dingus, but the kind of things this movie was giving me, just little actiony bits or set pieces or effects, there were still a few of those that were still in store for me to enjoy, even once I saw, oh, this is where the movie's going to
1: end. Um. Tom, uh, it may be interesting to know that in the comics, Bucky is like this t- swishy Robin-esque teen sidekick who dies. <laughs> oh, he does then, die. I wondered about he that. He does die. That's, that's all he's famous for is die. Oh, Bucky dies. and <laughs> cat's tormented by it. And so the filmmakers went, oh, that shit's so dated. So their idea of modernizing it is to make him a childhood friend who dies randomly, like Biggs Darklighter. Like, that's their upgrade
0: well you know i like that too okay. that he died that it wasn't like a the, the dude just fell down a cliff no. i totally thought that was going to be a scene where they they pull him into the and I, i'm not saying this movie was subversive or defied my expectations or anything but on that sequence there when bucky's hanging on the rail i'm like yeah fine okay he's gonna pull him in whatever and then he just falls i was like wait a minute that that really that's what you're gonna do to this guy I was like okay dude what's what are you talking
1: about the friend always dies goose and top gun If the Uh, the hero has a friend, they're, 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 you know what? I really did
0: not expect that in this kind of movie. I, I don't know. Maybe. What? In every war movie
1: ever. Every I every you know what I would be fine with them
0: killing the guy with the big mustache or the black guy who spoke French. I I, I would have uh, yeah. fine those guys dying. I didn't think Bucky was going to
2: die. No, you, you I, can't I, kill Neil McDonough. He's too cool. And Derek Luke does. You can't kill those two guys. Forget that. No way. That whole scene, that whole train sequence, was directly out of Sucker Punch, oh, and it was totally yes. boring for me for that reason. At the same beats, and it was and one.
0: Oh, I disagree. Again, I got to disagree just because I thought Sucker Punch was so – oh, the one is a good comparison, Kelly one. But the Sucker Punch one was just all about just sort of generic ballet, like chicks dancing around. I thought this one was – you know, they had you – know, Bucky had to hide. Uh, Captain America had to close the door to have the separate fight. Listen to yourself. There was the boss of the flamethrower dude. He had to do the little thing where he tosses the gun to Bucky through the door. Um, I like that because I, I, that's exactly what I thought when they land on the train. I'm like, oh, Sucker Punch did this. You know, What do you guys got that Sucker Punch didn't do? That's and right. I, I felt rewarded. No, I totally like the, the train bit. Um, so here, here's my whole thing about... The action sequences I thought were really good because they didn't go on too long. Some of them were just little snippets in a montage. I just felt like Joe Johnson had a really good sense for when and how much time to spend on action sequences and how to balance, you know, stunts and CG stuff. Uh, I got just enough. I didn't feel like it was too much. There was this one little, there was like a big action montage where they're blowing up Hugo Weaving's secret weapons plants. And there's just little shots here and there. And at one point, there's this huge, like, like seven story tall killer Uber tank that he, that he blows up and jumps off of. And I was like, you know what? That is a great tank, but that's all I needed to see of that. Thank you. No. Really? What what going?
1: Just, yes. <laughs> what kind of fuels in that thing?
0: I didn't care. I did. Captain America blows it up. That's all I need to know. He blows it oh, up and he sticks, it sticks the, in the
1: bomb it. in the hole like Luke does with the
2: walkers. But it, it looks before. awesome. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey Tom, how did you feel about Joe Johnston's ability to judge how long to let musical numbers go on?
0: <laughs> the, you mean the, where he's looking ridiculous in front and of the? And that's coming
1: from Dingus, by the way. Keep in mind.
0: See, I thought that stuff. He looked ridiculous, though, right? Like that stuff was silly and absurd. He uh, just felt too long. Uh,
2: okay. Oh, good lord! That that whole war bonds thing was in. Well, it wasn't interminable, but it was nigh interminable. You didn't. You were fine with. But that I think it was supposed to be. I'll give Tom. I think it was deliberate. It was definitely. Really did, but, yeah, like uh, it, it was. Oh, it, it was, was <laughs> deliberate, and it had. It was, but it was awful. I,
1: <sighs> it's supposed to be awful. I think how awful we were. Look what war turned us into. (laughs) That was what that montage That was what the music sequence meant. I mean, I
0: really think it's, yeah, it was supposed to be awful. That's the thing. His his outfit, I think, was supposed to look ridiculous,
2: and it did. Of course, of course. But it (laughs) went on and on and on, and we saw it over and over again. And it was just like, I'm in love with uh, all these dancers and this choreography. No, it's getting sick of doing
0: it. That's kind of what I thought, too, is that it's this show that he hates doing, and he's wearing tights, and, uh, I I mean I didn't I, maybe at that point I was just enjoying the movie too much that it didn't feel over long to me.
1: It's when I went, "Hey, there's more to this movie than I thought because this scene's going on so long, it's funny." And then later I was like, "Nah. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> They're not dancing anymore. Boo, Captain America." <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, but that that kind of doesn't that thing's not addressed. It's like he's 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 getting into oh, the propaganda aspects of Captain America and
2: then It just dissolves. Like, okay, he can fight. Never mind. Let's change. Well, how many of the the goofy things? So, uh, do you think a lot of the goofy things that annoyed me are Mm -hmm. goofy on purpose? Then, like, like let me give you an example. Okay. 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 I think the the walk into the fake antique store is idiotic. Is that on purpose?
0: I think it's silly that like the old lady with the machine gun. I thought that was kind of silly.
2: Just the I, idea of, that people must be walking in here all day, and it's a, a crowded street, and nobody ever leaves the store, and people are welcome. Miss- everybody in. So, so is that intentionally goofy? I mean, how much is intentionally goofy?
0: I see that as no different than like a silly James Bond kind of thing. I mean, this is a goofy movie thing. This is a superhero movie, and so yeah. I, I'm not I'm not going to defend as like. I, I don't want to say realistic because I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm not going to defend as plausible things like that. I agree that that's silly, but I think that that's a that's a comic book thing. It's like it's 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 childish. Like, ooh, what if this boring storefront actually had a super secret government base underneath it? Yeah, I mean that's a, it's that kind of thing.
2: Uh, well, then let so me I would, ask you this: grant you that? Okay, well, since I've never seen The Rocketeer, does the tone of The Rocketeer is is the tone? Like this? Because this this feels like uh, like gravitas or earnestness on purpose, and then we throw some goofiness in. Is the Rocketeer like that, or is the Rocketeer sort of at an elevated sort of tone?
0: The Rocketeer has a little bit more sort of comic relief to it, like with Alan Arkin's character. and but no, the Rocketeer plays it pretty seriously, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, and I think this I mean, I do see their tone is very similar. Uh, so I, I would say yeah, the the Rocketeer is a very similar tone. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe I remember seeing the Rocketeer as a kid and loving it. I've seen it once or twice since then, and I'm not sure it holds up necessarily as well. So maybe part of it is my fondness for that sort of look and style of superhero movie.
1: And Timothy Dalton has a mustache in the Rocketeer, and Howard Stark has a mustache, Captain America. Well, without spoiling
0: too much, there there are beats that are almost like story beat for story. Like the, the, the climax of the Rocketeer is very similar to the climax here, and I don't want to give it away because it's a cool set piece in the Rocketeer. But, you know, just like here, there's a big cool looking flying uh, wing. There's something like that at the end of the Rocketeer.
2: Um, well, then let me ask you this, because for me, and what, what, one of the things that increasingly frustrated me about the, the period idea of this was mm-hmm. the, the female character. So does Peggy Carter work for you in the way that I don't know what female character is in Rocketeer works for you? Connolly
0: yeah they do a lot yeah like jennifer connelly it's her devastatingly attractive days and uh they do a lot more she's not she's not trying to be like here this is this is supposed to be like the the repressed british officer and jennifer connelly if i recall wants to be like an actress and like she wants to be a famous la uh singer or whatever uh so she's a lot more sort of seductive and slinky and lively um so that's got a very different feel to it than this. You know, they kind of have this professional relationship, and there's the little joke about fondue, which I kind of liked. I laughed. Uh, so I I agree. There's not a lot. There's a lot more to hang and a lot more energy in the romance in the Rocketeer. Uh,
2: definitely. Well, well the, the the thing that I'm I'm kind of aiming at because um, because the Peggy Carter character does have that like to, a token slinky moment when she shows up in a stunning red dress and then leaves. Ah, yes, yes. Um, and but there's something in in there that usually annoys you, and and there's this token fem, feminism moment where where uh, Steve Rogers asks her something about why do you keep saying, <laughs> Oh, you're a dame. Oh, I don't mean Dama and, and she's like, well, you don't know how to talk to a woman. But there, but there is that little uh, we understand feminism. Hey, it's okay. And usually was, that annoys you. What was the feminist moment? Because I wouldn't even think of what that
0: was. It's, where she picks up the gun and shoots at him.
2: No, no, no. It's it's earlier on where where he says something like, "Why why would you even try to to do this?" Oh, right, in the back something of the else cap. right? Yeah, right, exactly.
1: She punches a dude in the at the army drill too. But then the,
2: he the, goes, eh, nice gams or something." He's the like undercurrent a there is, a, is about feminism. Um, I
0: sort of thought the undercurrent more was he's just a dork and he doesn't know how to talk to women.
1: Okay. That was kind he of. Does that. I, That's that. how you talk to women. Hey, dame, is this nice? Good. <laughs> and then you you pull back and say you didn't mean to say dame. And he's, he's not like, going to the right bars. So I got to <laughs> say, it was just torrents, Let's see, San Franciscan.
0: But but thing is, I definitely agree. I mean, it's 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 superficial comic book, just straightforward stuff. She's 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 almost a placeholder. You know, you could put almost any beautiful woman there. There's not a lot of character development. Uh, I'll so hold I, her place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> euphemisms but so dingus you mentioned it looking phony let me throw this out at you cg <laughs> of the 1940s works much better than cg of the modern day because i wasn't around in the 1940s so i don't really know what it looks like so if it looks vaguely uh, cg and sepia toned hey maybe it did look that way back then who knows what do you think of I'd that?
1: Like, <laughs> i'd like to raise you and say uh with this quote from abyss your body will remember
0: <laughs> Wait a minute it like at a cellular level like altered states like breathing water <laughs> I mean, the I definitely, it has this Sky Captain and the Pilots of Tomorrow, whatever that movie was. It definitely has that kind of quality to it at times, but I really, I did not mind it. I mean, I, I it, it, what was really conspicuous to me is when he goes to modern day Times Square, the whole time I'm kind of sitting there with my arms folded thinking, uh, they're not really filming at Times Square. But I didn't feel that way during like that Brooklyn chase, for instance, when it breaks out and, and to Brooklyn and he's running around and there's all this CG stuff. And uh, it didn't bother me nearly as, as much. Uh, does that work as a defense, Dingus?
2: Uh, no, I think it's pretty weak, actually. Because, <laughs> but I really wrote that down, I, especially that's... when you talk about the um, what, what word did you use? You didn't use gadgets this time. You gave it a better word. Googas. No, you gave it a more a more masculine, heavier. Um, uh, I don't Tom? know what word you gave it. Because
1: you hardware. Hardware. That's it.
2: Because because uh, when you dismiss a movie like um, X Men, it's gadgets, it, right? and when you he preys upon a movie. This time, it's it's hardware, and it's well, so hardware. obvious in a difference. And I can't. I well, go ahead. can
0: I can I explain the difference? The difference is these. The hardware here is cool, stylized design that has a very specific sense of like like this almost alternate place. Like for instance, let me let me write that, that huge killer tank thing, for instance. But a better example, you know, that Batwing bomber, uh that the Nazi Batmobile thing. My God, that thing was beautiful, I thought. The 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 Nazi mini sub in Brooklyn. Uh stuff like that. Like that's what I'm talking about when I say hardware. Even even his suit. For instance, like his suit, which looked bulky. Once they gave him the suit to wear, it didn't look like tights. It looked like bulky and kind of functional. Um, so, and I th- like that's the stuff that for me really worked and and looked distinctive and had a great feel to it. Uh, now, by contrast, the the scene of the submarine just being plucked out of the water and the X Men didn't do a lot for me because I knew that was CG. But here, I got a sense that there was some clever creative guy who did these cool drawings and they brought them to life in cg like tell me you didn't love that nazi batmobile that toby jones drives around in
2: oh i thought that was beautiful especially the when you get when you get the setup of don't not a scratch yes i mean I like that <laughs> um and i and i do think that that flying wing is beautiful but it is it's interesting to me um that that when the X Men have a cool flying thing that they've created, your response is those things don't hover. And when the flying wing thing flies, it's beautiful. Well, the, the
0: difference is, Dingus, the X Men are flying a real plane. That's an senior 71 No, 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 that's just something that. Oh Be- my fucking has created. god! Are you kidding me? I'm uh, not kidding. You. That is an actual airplane. It's up, modeled Tommy. on. Oh, stop it! Um, Seriously, no, no, no. I, I'm now gonna, up, Dingus. <laughs> there is a plane. The SR-71 Blackbird is is a, a high altitude reconnaissance airplane. Gary Powers was shot down in one. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that's an actual airplane. The, the oh, X Men have an actual airplane in X Men Legends that does not fly like a VTOL. It does not fly like a Harrier jet. So that's and again, I'm not. I'm just saying that didn't work for me. It didn't do much for me. I wasn't into that movie in the first place. But that was not something that somebody designed and thought. Wouldn't this be cool? That was a historical airplane that they put in the story and made it do things that the actual airplane never did. That that flying wing never existed. That that cool rotary rocket escape capsule that Hugo Weaving flies off in, that never existed. That was a product of someone's imagination, and I felt like there was a lot of creativity and cleverness into it, whereas I look at that SR-71 hovering, and I'm like, that doesn't happen. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Once you create things that aren't real, they can do whatever you want them to do. The Batmobile can chase down the flying wing. You know, these little suicide buzz-bomb things things can can loop around and crash land into the hangar of the b2 or the, the flying wing like all of that spare game once you've just let loose someone's imagination to do crazy stuff but that sr-71 and x-men legends that's a real airplane look it up
1: uh, yeah. they had to scotch the sr-71 once the imf was just disc- very good card
2: <laughs> all right let me let me uh, let's move on to let, let me transition to this now i'll ask kelly first um okay. and then we'll move on to you mr chick <laughs> Um, All right, Hugo leaving. Kelly, go.
1: Uh, It's good that they made use of his actual Australian red skull shape for the character. But I know that's based on a real red skull, because I read about it on Tom's Wikipedia page about the jets and blackbirds. (laughs) So there's no CG in the movie. Tom's right. And uh, America's a real
2: country. Is that your question? That was exactly my question. You nailed it
1: so
0: here so two things come to mind for Hugo weaving uh was he doing a Werner Herzog impression? Oh,
2: thank you so much and there's uh,
0: occurred
2: you when did that occur to you?
0: Like partway through, and then every time thereafter he would speak, I, I had to. I was. I was sitting in the theater thinking, has he done a movie with Herzog? Is he goofing on him intentionally?
1: Uh, and I don't know the. Well, answer. he his Matrix character was based on the Wachowski brother. Like one of the brothers talked like that, so he he does do director impersonation. Impressions, That's good to know. That's just good. like jovic just does the director.
2: I only heard it after. <laughs> <laughs> what? I only heard it after he became the total red skull. And then I was like, what's that? That's Werner Herzog. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It really was beautiful. Now. So here's where, you know, I talk about hardware and I've, I've made jokes before, about I don't get it when a movie just has like a magical doodad. What's Whatever. I was so lost with how magical doodads were supposed to work and interplay here. But I, I didn't really care yeah. because
1: it wasn't focused. I just go by the colors. Oh, this one's blue, but the Hulk's energy's green. Well, like, well, that's the thing. It's like so, a three-year-old. <laughs> that's picking why? Up
0: why does w- yeah? Like w- one of the things I was wondering, and Dingus, maybe this is what you're getting at. Maybe you can help me here. Why does Steve Rogers take the serum and and you know he he un Benjamin Buttons himself, where he gets his his actual head on his actual body? Why does that happen to him? Whereas Hugo Weaving takes it and he turns into a red orc because
1: he's it amplifies what you already are. So he's already a red orc. Um, yeah, but he also right.
2: he also took an unstable version of the serum. I mean, right, uh, unstable. Doctor Doctor Stanley Erskine Tucci uh, tells me. <laughs> so uh, like a-
1: in the original issue, he was injected with the serum, but then the Comics Code Authority went, "Oh, it's promoting heroin use," so they they retconned it. So he drank the serum because well, drinking so- heroin's okay. <laughs>
0: There, there were different things. so there was the, there was the glowing D6, that tesseract thing that, that was teased at the end of Thor. There right. was there was the serum that Stanley Tucci invents. There right. was uh, Howard Starks and I love seeing this on the gauge, his Vita Ray, <laughs> whatever the hell that's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and was there another thing in there? Oh, and I guess Toby Jones has taken the energy out of the cube. So there were like three magical gigaws that yeah. were co-conspiring at various times. I didn't know. All the same, color, the same color, too. All blue. Is that, was it a blue? suit? Yeah, I guess it was. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, totally unrelated. <laughs> so it's like is, the poltergeist and in the Indians. Uh, what, what did you feel, Dingus, about
2: Hugo Weaving's... Uh, and that, so, What's he well, calling? no, I don't. I didn't get. I'm still asking for your I, how you felt about his performance because you kind of challenged us on Kevin Bacon in uh right, in X Men, and that's I think that's the last real, not real, but in earnest superhero movie you saw. And so I'm With interested to hear what you superhero. thought about Hugo Weaving because uh, I, I, I had nine idiots sitting behind me who just were all whispering when he showed up. Agent Smith, Agent Smith, Agent Smith. Like oh, that was no. something new. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I have to say Hugo Weaving was in Joe Johnson's last movie. Do you guys know what it was? And Hugo Weaving was, was one of the only remotely watchable things in that movie. Do you guys know what this is? No Googling. Hold on, let me
2: Google Google. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I don't know if you guys he know he this. He did, didn't. He do that. Um... <sighs> Kelly saw it. I didn't see it. Uh, I'm guessing neither Santafe. of
0: you. No, he saw wolf. Was it the wolf movie? Yeah, it's the wolf. Oh. The Benicio del Toro oh, Anthony thing, right. which is wretched. It, if I had known going into Captain America that it was from the director of Wolfman, I would have dreaded this. Uh, but Hugo Weaving, who plays kind of the – he's not the villain, but he's the police detective who's trying to find out what's the deal with the wolfman. Uh, he he was kind of like funny doing his Hugo Weaving scenery-chewing stuff. Um, so here I didn't think much of him because I didn't do much with him. He, you know, it's kind of funny that – I did, so, for instance, I just thought he was going to be a Nazi scientist. So I thought it was kind of funny when he sort of secedes from the Nazis.
1: Too evil for the Nazis.
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, uh, but I didn't think that much of him. Like, it's not. It wasn't. You a, call was, that a
1: Holocaust?
0: I'll show you a Holocaust. Yeah, that would have been a good line, Kelly Wand. Yeah. I wish you'd written this movie. Uh,
2: Are you sure? <laughs> you sure, Joe Johnston did the Wolfman?
0: Ninety nine point nine percent sure. Right. Someone else Google that because I don't want to crash. I don't, don't want to type. I don't want to type yeah.
1: his name. Boring. Uh,
0: so Dingus, what did did you did you like? Did you feel strongly one way or the other about Hugo Weaving's Red Skull or Crimson Skull or whatever it, thing's called?
2: I liked what he was doing. I became increasingly distracted because of the Werner Herzog thing, but that's my own baggage. <laughs> um, and the way he looked, but but I, what I thought was cool was this. This reveal up to it, you know, because Toby Jones goes in when he's getting his portrait made, and there's obviously something weird, and we don't get the reveal then, and then Captain America punches him, and there's this weird thing going on with his eyes before he does the uh international Monetary Fund thing where he pulls off his mask <laughs> <laughs> um, but other I mean I really like Hugo weaving, so it was fine. The only thing that kept distracting me was this this feeling of and this might be a residue of something Kelly Wan said in the past of uh we're we're just fighting hydra we're not actually fighting hitler and this is world war 2 so it was weird uh, but i don't know the comics so it was just weird for me that we've got this villain who's just this guy who's trying to attack hitler instead of like what? going after hitler so it was it was another one of these why are we in this time period kind of things i for me the movie just felt constantly disjointed and maybe that's because it's just part of the you know we're throwing threads out to prepare for the avengers movie
0: well you know what i kind of doubt that because i would not be surprised to see all of well you know what maybe you're right i mean i was going to say i wouldn't be i I think all of this is going to kind of be dropped when he gets to the avengers mainly because uh i know tom hiddleston and Stellan skarsgard are in the avengers and they were instrumental in thor and in thor they find this cosmic cube uh, so I'm assuming that it's it's Loki and the scientist from Thor with uh, the cosmic see. cube in in Avengers.
1: That sounds boring. Uh, Rewrite you know it. But I like, <laughs> but, but we all we all liked Tom Hiddleston in uh, in Thor though. I like Thor. I'm the only Thor apologist. I think. Uh, I, I just think like Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was uh, I was a stick in the mud on Thor. So I mean, I want to figure wanna... out why I liked Thor and not this all of a sudden. Yeah, me too. Because I, I everyone.
0: Well, because now I'm wondering why didn't I like Thor, but I did like this. So I feel a little weird too.
1: Most people agree with Tom, though. Like it's getting Captain America got better reviews than Thor, and
0: i was so glad it beat
1: that stupid Harry Potter movie. By the way, uh-huh. second <laughs> Harry uh-huh. Potter. Uh, don't so some magic now at the box office? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they
2: get
1: they they couldn't come up with a cool verb for the Captain America box office. Like you know, they always go Harry Potter. Waves uh, his wand. Yeah. Cast a spell <laughs> audience right like, over the box. All right. Captain America, road to victory. And <laughs> that's terrible. Motorcycled can I cycled to 75 million.
2: <laughs> can I mention one thing I really, really liked? Aha! Uh-huh. We're bringing you around, Dingus. Uh, one moment I, I just flat out loved was when Captain America accidentally goes through the bridal shop window.
0: Because he can't control how fast he's running, and he turns, and his turn is too wide, right? Like right. Bit? He can't negotiate uh, the man. corner.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's time to
0: apologize. See how good the movie was, Dingus? And
2: yeah, I, 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 I loved the "Go Get Him, I Can Swim." I mean, that was a nice little.
0: Yes. Oh my God! Wasn't that so good? Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. See, Dingus. See. See. Let me that's throw another one at you. Right. So, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i really like stanley tucci too uh stanley tucci can be hit or miss um just see uh lovely bones if you want to see miss extreme miss uh and i really liked him in this at one point really got me like when when he comes in to talk to steve rogers who's lied on his little forms and he asks steve rogers so you want to go and kill nazis and They have a little dialogue, and then he says to Steve Rogers, you know, you haven't answered my question. You want to go and kill Nazis? And Steve Rogers says, is this a test? And in the script, the line is obviously, is this a test? And then Stanley Tucci's character says, yes. And then Steve Rogers says, I don't want to kill anybody. So when you have a good actor, and that's what Stanley Tucci is, is instead of just saying yes, there's a great little moment there where Steve Rogers says to Dr. Erskine or whatever his name is, is this a test? Stanley Tucci's line is very simply going to be yes. But instead of delivering the line, he gives this look like he's thinking before saying yes. And in that little look, like I love watching someone like Stanley Tucci work. You don't know if he is, if it's occurred to him, is he now wondering if it's going to be a test? Is he wondering if he should admit to Steve Rogers it's a test? Like I love when an actor can take a beat like that and give it a little meaning and then just carry on with one syllable in the script. Uh, And, uh, you know, so actually when we get to the point where Stanley Tucci is explaining who Dr. Schmidt is, you know, he's brought in this nice schnapps to share with Steve Rogers, and he's (laughs) talking about Dr. Schmidt's backstory, and they cut to this montage of Hugo Weaving basically grimacing into the camera and effects and stuff. I was like, no, don't show that. Just let Stanley Tucci talk. Let us see see Stanley Tucci deliver this monologue. It would be as if and the writing is nowhere near on par, but just to make an analogy, it would be as if in Jaws, when Robert Shaw talks about the USS <laughs> Indianapolis, we have flashbacks to dudes splashing in the water getting attacked by sharks. That is not what you do. You let the actor carry the gravity of what he's explaining. And I was really, I was really missing seeing Stanley Tucci when they do these shots of Dr. Schmidt being evil uh, uh, in that scene.
2: So I really like that character. The, the moment I like is when... Um, when so you did like him, Dingus. See you see how good the movie is? He's I like it enough. St- I like Stanley Tucci. I like the moment where um where Steve Rogers is in the tanning bed and um and he's about to get the micro injections and there's just this little moment where he just puts his hand on his shoulder just to calm him down. Yeah. It's just a sweet little moment. And uh yeah, I I thought Stanley Tucci was great. I mean I love it when just as I loved the way um X-Men was cast, I love it when really good actors don't waste their time uh, when they get cast in roles like this. It's clear that he's still doing, like you said, Tom, he's still thinking and he's still working the character. You know, Dingus,
0: that's another thing that I actually appreciated about Captain America. One of the things that we had said after we all saw X-Men Legends is how cool that moment was where you see Michael Fassbender uh, hunting down the Nazis. And at that point, you're like, wow, I just want this movie to be about him hunting down former Nazis. Uh, and the movie loses a little focus, and it introduces all these other threads. And there's some other cool stuff with Michael Fassbender in there. But this movie had, and it, this this isn't really much of a, of a of, this isn't really much praise if the movie didn't work for you. But at least I felt this movie had that sort of clarity of purpose and focus. I liked Chris Evans just looking all beefy, wearing that outfit, beating up Nazis, and and you know chasing people around in cool looking. <laughs> Quasi historical yeah. vehicles. It's so this movie, this movie just had a, a lot more focus and clarity than I felt Thor or X Men Legends had. You know, Thor was it was a succession drama back in Asgard, and it was a fish out of water movie here on Earth. Uh, X Men Legends had the teenager drama, then it had the great stuff with James. Please stop
2: it with X Men Legends.
0: Yeah, stop saying that. Yeah. Oh, I actually, I'm screwing up. X-Men First Class. I'm sorry. There's a game called X-Men Legends. Right? I know. I First Class,
2: First Avenger. Hello. <laughs> All right. So how do you feel about Tommy Lee uh, Jones, then?
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, I think it might have taken him up until, well, I'm not going to kiss you, for him to win me over.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> other than that, he's just doing the same old crap. Like, if you yeah. have something to say, now's not the time to say it. God, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. he doesn't get a payoff scene either though he does i'm not going to kiss you come on you don't think that's, that's not a-, a payoff i want to see him fight i want to see him fucking machine gun somebody Tommy me needs does kill people in it or die or, or, or i don't know rescue he's the troutman
0: uh no i'm so glad he did not get kidnapped and have to be rescued uh no he's the generic uh, authority figure uh, uh come on he please. gets to drive he gets to drive the nazi batmobile what more payoff do you want than that Mm, I don't know. I I swear to God, that was the most beautiful car I've ever seen in a movie. Come on, guys. You got to give me that. Wasn't that thing just amazing?
1: What's the car? What's that rock movie like? Drive Angry 3D. No, no, no. That's (laughs) the Amber. Hey, Kelly,
2: what's the name of the substance that the shield is made out of? Oh, uh, dildoanium.
1: One, two, three, not only you two, three, one, and me three, three <laughs> <play> I'm <in the laughs> Wait, I had one in the chamber. I had this. Haley Steinfeld software gave me hardware. Who's Haley Steinfeld? Isn't she the British <laughs> chick? She's from True Grit. <laughs> oh. Her two. Six to one. They're similar. But only after this, she lost her arm. I said good day, sir. Oh. What was the girl in Captain America? Halle Adwell. Halle Adwell. Stop it. Abby normal something. (laughs) Uh, Dingus, what is this week's 3x3? Set a give.
2: (laughs) These are your three favorite tears in a movie. Not tears, like ripping cloth, but tears, like crying. Sacks.
0: Uh, Dingus, hold on one second. Kelly Wan. Hey, Kelly Wan, can you hear me?
1: What did you, wait, hold on. What did you think of this week's three x three? Uh, it, I shed more tears than I could think of. It was a tough one, wasn't it? can you believe he yeah. did that to us. Oh my god! it's okay. it's, it's, free. it's obviously from some part where C three PO needed oil or something. <laughs> okay, let's get the. I'm thinking, ding it. So, uh,
0: well, let's get him back in here. Okay, okay so what,
1: tears, huh? Dingus? tears, huh? Okay, uh, let's see. Down with love, uh, love, love, love of love of love. love. <laughs> above,
0: love the love. All I have to say is that Dingus, you're going to have some explaining to do, and you better have some good ones for your three, because by golly, I don't know what I was doing. I
1: bet one of mine's the same as one of Dingus's, and one of mine's the same as one of yours, Tom.
2: No, Tom, I could, Tom I will hate my number three. He will uh, uh, understand my number two, and he'll be surprised you. by my number one.
0: Ah. Well, I think I'll be surprised by all of them, because I couldn't think of a single freaking. This is the worst list ever.
1: Really? <laughs> you just have a heart of stone. You don't. What about the part in uh, Ghost Rider? Uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, uh, right. Well, he doesn't. If he cries, his tears dissolve and it's steam because his head's on fire.
1: Yeah, his face steams.
0: Right. That's He's how you cute. know Ghost Rider is crying.
1: Yeah. Thingus thinks that's phony though, because real fire tears would become <laughs> lava. Okay. Well, Tom,
2: you're you're doing next week's three by three, so I believe you have to go first.
1: Uh, did you right. know the Flash can speed cry, Tom? All? <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> you I fucked did. up the flub.
0: Nice work. Way to, way to fuck up the fucking up. Uh, <laughs> so actually, so I felt bad. So trying to think of something, I, this is just so specific, Dingus. So while I was trying to think of stuff, I was wondering, man, is that how these guys felt when I did my... Best three pregnancy reveals, (laughs) three by three, which I did because I had two that I thought were really cool that I wanted to talk about, and I only had to think of a third one, whereas I dumped it into you guys' laps, and you had to think of three of them. So, Dingus, I know you've got something specific you're thinking of. I can't wait to hear it because I don't know what to do with this. I'm not about to – I couldn't think of a single interesting thing that featured a a specific tier. So all I'm doing with this – and you know what? You guys can kick no, I'm not going to troll. You can kick me out if you want, but this is these are just like crying scenes that actually affect me, where an actor's oh actually crying, and it's I would call it my favorite because I actually respond like like I, it really gets me, it it hits me. So these are scenes of people crying that actually affected me, and I did double check they all feature tears, so legitimately there is crying mm-hmm. here, but I couldn't like I couldn't pick out one tear like they all have multiple tears, so I might suck at this list, but here's what I got. And by the way, they all. Oh, suck! Well, you know what? I just realized they're all father-daughter scenes. So basically, uh, what it comes creepy. down to is here is when girls cr- cry, like like little girls, it really hits me hard. And i that probably right now, you guys will now know all the things I've talked about. Curly
1: for, Sue is your number three,
0: uh, except for this, the number three one, which you guys won't know. This one. Uh, so there's a, a movie called Limbo, a John Sayles movie, which I'm hugely fond of. Uh, and I don't want to say too much about it, but there's an actress named Vanessa Martinez who was 20 when it was shot. But her Brrr. character eh, well, her character's supposed to be like maybe 15 in this. So I don't think you should do that. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, God, grow some knobs on you. you,
0: uh, have straight you sprout. So I need I need a head check here. Who has seen Limbo in this room?
1: Uh, I danced to the Limbo.
0: All right. Dingus, you've seen Limbo, right?
2: JK, oh. JK.
0: Yeah. Of course, I'm raising. You can't see me raising my hand. I, you were behind the console there. I,
2: oh, I apologize. It, so, uh,
0: so anyway, there's a scene in Limbo, and I don't want to say too much about Limbo. Limbo. Here's what I'll say about Limbo as a teaser. If you like post-apocalyptic movies, I think you need to see Limbo. Oh. Uh, so, there's something that happens in Limbo where at one point uh, a man and a woman and the woman's daughter are basically stranded, and. For sort of entertainment, the daughter has found a diary uh, of some former inhabitants in this ruined place, and she's you know they've got nothing to do but wait and be rescued, and they're 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 cold and they're hungry. So at night, the daughter will read out of the diary to the to her mother and the man who's trapped with them. This is the actress Vanessa Martinez. Um, and the story that she's reading, uh, it's just, you know, the camera holds on her. She, she reads this story and the story that unfolds about the people who lived here previously, specifically a young girl, probably about a daughter's age. Her account of what happened in this place before these people got there um, is something that uh, reflects very strongly on this the girl who's reading about her relationship with her mother and i'm being so vague and i'm gonna this is gonna sound so incredibly uninteresting but i'm being vague because i don't want you to know how they got there or what happens to them when they're there or what the story is about because so much it's hard to talk about limbo without spoiling some incredibly cool things it does but anyway the point is at one point a girl is supposed to be reading a story to her mother, and the story is supposed to be incredibly relevant to her and her mother. And they each know different things about this story. There are different truths about this story that they don't quite share yet. And the actress reading the story, there are just long shots of her reading from this story, and she's, as the movie goes on, she gets a fever, she gets increasingly ill, so she's feverishly reading this story and crying, and it's affecting her. Uh, and I just love that actress's performance. I love the the nuance to it. I love how Mary Elizabeth Mastr Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, uh, who plays her mother, reacts to it. Um, uh, and that's one of my my favorite tears is Vanessa Martinez's crying scenes in in Limbo.
1: So there you go, Kelly. You should you should see it. Uh, I don't believe in Limbo because I'm a <laughs> Scientologist.
0: Uh, Diggis, do you remember those bits from Limbo?
2: Like, does that? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have no problem... But, uh, with I'll, your corruption of you... my list? <laughs> well, <laughs> there is that. That's not really what I was going for, uh, but I think it works just fine. I mean, you choosing crying scenes that actually affect you and in, in launching with that one, which is really good. Um, it, yeah, because uh, the, the only problem I have is that this is another list you somebody could have come up with. Uh, but... Uh, the, if we want to go that way, that's fine. And well, and also, furthermore, just real quick, and then you can go ahead. Uh, I'm going to be really vague with my number two and number one, and I I was worried that you guys would get frustrated with me, so that's fine.
0: Okay, yeah. So vagueness is fine. Uh, and Diggis, like, I, yeah, I can't wait to hear yours because I'm still not clear then what I think I should. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But first, let's go to uh, Kelly Wand with his number three.
1: Oh yeah, this thing. <laughs> um. My number three is uh, from that movie Living in Oblivion. Is that the name of the movie? That doesn't sound right.
0: Steve Buscemi and National Treasure Catherine Keener. Yep.
1: Yeah, the part where the mom. Uh, oh, was, dang. That's good. Oh, Kelly Wand. See? You jerk. Eye patch. <sighs> no, it's Wave before the young... Eye patch.
0: But yeah, that's good. Well, Go ahead. Young... Go ahead. Explain what it is, Kelly Wand. Yeah.
1: The young girl breaks your heart, and the old woman heals your heart. I just wrote that because <laughs> i don't think that's in the movie <laughs> i know I, it's just a saying i wrote for if I'm, if I'm gonna write like little inspirational calendar um squares because video game industry's tanking <laughs> so that's my january 3rd quote for the day to like inspire you to uh, get up and then go back to sleep again
0: you've got one for january 1st and january 2nd and that's the one for january 3rd
2: <laughs> well, I'm skipping ahead, so. so... That's the one for January Jones, I think. <laughs> oh, so wait, the she, young girl breaks your heart, and the old woman heals your heart. Is that what you said? Yeah. Right, ben, yeah. So your heart, it's like a heart uh,
1: medicine. It's like a heart light. Like turn off your heart light. <laughs> it's like having making love on the rocks, not being a surprise. Now, he's Kelly, wanted to explain
0: that explain that scene though, because it's a great scene, and I think it bears explanation. It's a great tear.
1: Oh, it's uh, the wolf. What's his name? Wolf, the cinematographer on the uh, it's Dylan McDermott. It's, yeah, Dylan McDermott, uh, his uh, girlfriend just dumped him for Chad Palomino, the uh, Brad Pitt analog. So he's oh, kind of sad. Minute.
0: Oh, you're talking about something completely different. Okay, never mind. I take back everything I said. Nice about your choice. Go ahead. <laughs> What'd you think I meant? Nothing. Go ahead. Because I might change my number one. So there.
1: What's the name of that uh <laughs> Holly Hunter Danny Dermot. DeVito movie? Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney. That's the name of it. Thank uh, you. Tom. I
0: don't know any Holly Hunter Danny DeVito movie, I'm afraid.
1: Living Out Loud. That's what it's called. It's that one where on the she's got that face on the poster, like her Holly Hunter smiling face. With Queen Latifah? Oh my god this is a nightmare um anyway <laughs> so wait a minute what is the scene here is this- i'm talking about is where wolf the cinematographer character right. has been dumped by his girlfriend and he's sad he's trying to pretend he's not sad so he's he's crying and then the mom the crazy mom who came from the mental mental asylum to be in the movie for the dwarf scene peter dinklage Tyrion lannister uh she raises his eye patch to let the tear out because only a mom would not see. So it's like the woman's right, the so, sane character.
0: I thought it's you like, were talking about the great scene where Catherine Keener can't cry until that woman brushes her hair behind her ears and she re- remembers the moment she went to see her mother in the hospital and they're doing a rehearsal. Shooting. Right, and, right, exactly. And Katherine Keener cries in that, and it works. But Wolf is vomiting in the back room because he had the bad milk that was set up at the beginning of, of the the movie.
1: Actually, that is a better than what I'm
0: talking. About. <laughs> well, too bad. Oh, you, that's my using you know. that on my list. No, you, you're huh? stuck. You're stuck with a Dermot Mulroney or Dylan McDermott crying. Haha. It's also
1: got the best alarm
0: sound. It does. That is clock alarm. Alright, uh Dingus, what is your number three? Let's let's see what this list should look like.
2: Crazy woman raises the eye patch? Is that the eye patch? You said? Yeah. Alright, uh-huh. cool. yeah. Alright, my number three is the one that will annoy Tom the most, and that's fine with me. Oh, um, I know
0: I know what this is, but go ahead.
2: Go ahead, Tom. What is it?
0: Is Luke Skywalker crying when he looks out at it, the two sons of Tatooine? <laughs>
2: No, that's not true. That's impossible. Luke doesn't cry.
0: <laughs> is it, does he have I a, care a, about a that thing. He's looking out at the two the setting moons or whatever they are. There's two you of them. can't cry on a desert planet. You'll dehydrate. You know, and then so. No, there's like one little tear slips down Mark Hamill's face. No,
1: that's a metachlorian.
2: Alright, <laughs> Diggs, what is it? Uh, this is a moment that uh, I really like this one. This did not give me the idea for this, but this sprang to mind after my number two gave me the idea for this category so uh my number three uh i think i'll give you fellas a quote from it oh yes i'm ready i've been practicing what do you got right here you go let's just say i'm frankenstein's monster and i'm looking for my creator
1: uh hannah wait it's not
2: hannah
0: it's gotta be may but no that's that's too on the nail for may may is more bleak than that that sounds really familiar. I feel like I've seen this movie.
2: It is really familiar, and we've talked about it a lot during this podcast.
0: And it's going oh, to annoy you. me.
2: No, it it's is going bit, to annoy you.
0: Yeah, it's well, got to be, like, be The Abyss or something. Uh,
1: no. And it's, it's it's Einstein wants
2: so to Thor?
0: No. no. The Losers. I'm trying to think of movies I
2: didn't like that Dingus loved. The Losers. I brought it up a lot more times than I never brought up The Losers. Oh, why would Midnight Run annoy me? No, during this particular podcast right now today. Oh, it's from Captain America? Nope.
0: Sucker Punch? <laughs> Wait, what have we talked about today? I wasn't listening
1: to us. So I It's got to it. be Thor,
0: because we've talked about Thor. Uh, what else are we talking about today? Uh, Rocketeer.
1: no crying into Thor. He didn't see Rocketeer. God, God, what's wrong with you? I can't believe what it. What did, did we talk this? about? Mr. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to rewind the tape and get back to you on that dingus. What What
0: is
2: it? uh it's a movie that you kept calling a video game name oh x men survivors x men eye of the, first, first I the tiger <laughs> x men first class has crying yes and it's the the moment that i and I love that you did this um you you gave this the perfect label and it's called the the you called it the empathy scene ah, and it's the moment deep. where um where Charles Xavier is teaching or helping um Eric Lencher learn how to use his powers and it's when Eric Lencher is having to turn this gigantic satellite dish and um Michael Fassbender does this weird thing that you don't see in in uh, a lot of superhero movies outside of of Spider-Man um he lets loose with tears uh and and later this is echoed when you have this uh, submarine thing that happens. And that was really powerful for me. And one of our real bones of contention in why I liked the casting and liked X-Men so much, and it it didn't have as big of an impact on you, is that casting somebody like Michael Fassbender, who believably is letting tears flow for a real emotional reason, and that really moved me, especially in that scene, uh, that you dubbed the empathy scene
1: damn that's good rats can you believe you See got there's nothing that on? good in Captain America is there Tom Mr. Captain America apologist
0: mm, chris evans no, cries he, doesn't, he? He no? doesn't,
1: doesn't he he
0: cries when i don't want to say anything cuz it'd be a spoiler he cries when tommy lee jones dies
2: that's <laughs> <laughs> nah, psych. he could do that <laughs> all day though
0: Oh, very good, Dingus. See, Dingus remembers the lines from the script. Dingus loved Captain America.
1: When the ice melts on his face, it looks like tears <laughs> tracks.
0: All right, so that was Dingus's number three. Well done. Let's go on to my number two. This is one that I think I've recently talked about because I saw The Runaways and then immediately watched this movie to see little Dakota Fanning when she was tinier. Uh, I know, isn't it? She's very cute. So here's what you want to do in a horror movie to really be a great hook, and that's to have a frightened child who is crying. Uh, it's, it's It's a little traumatic. Don't use it lightly. Make sure your horror movie is decent, like the Steven Spielberg War of the Worlds remake. And I love how there's the the scene where Tom Cruise realizes he's got to get out of the city, and he brings his son and his daughter along, and he basically hijacks a van. All of the cars have been shot down, but there's one van that was fixed because the guy realized that some kind of EMP blast had blown out all the... uh,
1: Solenoid. The exact – very
0: good, Kelly Wand. So he's got one car that's working, and the guy who fixed the car, Tom Cruise, is trying to talk him to getting into the car. The guy is saying, hey, Tom Cruise, you can't take this away. This is a client's car. I just fixed it. Tom Cruise, you can't take this. And Tom Cruise is like, get in the car, you with a couple of lines. Get in the car. If you don't get in the car, you will die. And he says that with his Tom Cruise fervor. And naturally, this freaks out his little daughter, played by Dakota Fanning, who's like, what? What do you mean we're going to die? And she starts crying. Uh It's a very effective moment because... You know that's like how a child would react to suddenly be see her dad freaking out like that, and then we have the whole scene where he's driving, and she's you know the city's blowing up behind them, and they think it's terrorists and just Dakota Fanning's just fright and despair and and literally her tears make that scene so effective uh, and we've talked many times on this podcast about how uncomfortable that can be to watch um and I'm sure you know she comes from an acting family she's been doing it a long time. I hope it was a fun shoot for her. I hope she was not actually traumatized. Whatever the case, it made for a very, very effective scene. Uh, so that would be another one that always gets me, seeing little Dakota Fanning cry. You know, if you have a horror movie, you have kids scream and run, whatever. But to show a kid crying in a horror movie, that's uh, that's a little something different. So there you yeah, go.
1: Spielberg showed her rushes from the terminal to make her cry. So.
0: <laughs> very good, Kelly want. <laughs> Uh, Dingus, did any of that bother you, little Dakota Fanning crying?
2: Uh, I don't remember that bothering me. I remember how powerful it was because of exactly what you said. And there's another movie that all of a sudden I'm thinking about, and I can't remember which movie it was, but it echoes that idea of how a kid reacts when they see their parent freaking out. Right, right.
1: I oh, know goonies? we talked about
2: it recently, but I can't remember what it was. It was, uh, not, it was not Ghoulies.
1: I don't. I don't know. Midnight Run. By the way, do you guys Next know, generation.
0: Do you guys know this October? I guess these are on a yearly cycle now. There's a new Paranormal Activity. Do you guys know about Paranormal Activity Three?
1: Uh, and Final Destination.
0: What? Do you not know about Paranormal Activity Three? Because if so, I'm, I'm hoping you don't, because I've been wanting to tell you guys this. So Paranormal oh. Activity Three. I, I want you to know two things about it. Maybe three. The first one is, because, of course, Paranormal Activity 2 kind of closed the book on what can happen unless we do something with what happens with a little baby, and I think we all know the baby got eaten or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Paranormal, Paranormal Activity two, uh, 3, I mean, it's a prequel. Ah, oh. Get this, back to 1988 when Katie and the other girl were sisters and little girls. Oh, no. Yep.
1: No. no. <laughs> now you think no! that's
2: going oh, to
0: wait, 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 wait. Don't go no yet. Cause is, there, say, is
2: there a dog and a baby too? Oh, we can only God. hope so.
0: Save a little bit of no for this that I'm about to tell you. The director, actually it's two directors. It's the guys that did that movie Catfish.
1: Oh. <laughs> it did get worse. I didn't think it could get worse. It just spirals. down. That <laughs> so, but, sucks. About but that? We,
2: I, we all liked Catfish to very. I know, much. I know. We didn't.
0: But I did. I did. I thought. I thought you yes, guys.
2: Did.
0: Um, I, I did. I guess it's Kelly Wand who didn't like it. But I thought the thing. I hate those people. Well, the thing is, I cannot imagine the guys who did Catfish. What they did was so specific. I cannot imagine it necessarily. Trans, transition uh, to what what is taken for a good paranormal activity really bummed, yeah. and one of the reasons I'm really bummed is let me guys, you guys should see the teaser the little teaser for it right now I just want to go ahead and give it away, I want to describe it to you because it's so it's so because it's 1988, and because we have to be a found footage thing, it's like an ancient VCR with the big old blocky timestamp on the bottom, and and it's these two little girls playing with a video camera, and they set it up in the bathroom, pointed at the mirror, where you see the big old video camera and the little girls, and they're like, okay, let's do this thing. We're going to turn the lights out, and remember, you have to say it three times. So <laughs> they're in the bathroom, and it's a shot from the video camera of the little girls. You know, looking in the mirror, and there's the camera, and they turn the lights off, and the screen is totally black. And they say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, whole time screen is black and then one of them turns on a flashlight under her face so it's just her face lit up and screams and then the other one does it and they scream and they're laughing and screaming and they go ah, ha, 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 and they they run out of the bathroom and when they open the door to run out of the bathroom you can see from the light outside the door the silhouette of a woman standing behind them and there you go paranormal activity 3 coming this october so how about it's that a woman? Yeah, oh. How about that? Yeah, I know. How about that? It used to be this whole deal about, oh, it's a demon. We can't relate to it. We don't know right. anything about it. It's nothing that humans would recognize. It's uh, some, it's some woman's ghost or deaths. something. Or it's right. like a witch or something. Yeah. So there you go. Paranormal Activity 3 coming out this October. We'll be discussing it on this podcast.
1: Uh, name a prequel that didn't suck ever.
2: Phantom go. Menace. X-Men First Class. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, What the hell is Oren Pelly doing these days? Come on. I know. Seeing these things and raking in
0: all the money because they cost thirty bucks to shoot. All right, well, hey, there was an Apollo
1: eighteen trailer and I didn't yeah. see it. Well that don't see. It. Late. It close. I don't I know about yeah. that. What uh I I got hot for it though, because I'm all oh look, it's a moon preview, but it's not fucking Transformers. And I was all oh yes. Come to me, Apollo eighteen, please. Is it Warren
0: Pelly involved in that? It's uh, Guillermo del Toro. No, it's nice. It is. That Apollo found footage never. I don't yeah. think about it. I don't know anything about it. La 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 la. It's, it's Harvey Weinstein. La la la, la, la. <laughs> All right. So I just did my number two in far more words than it took. Let's go on to Kelly Wan's number two example of uh, uh, his favorite tier. It's
1: the wanted guy, not Guillermo de Toro. It's oh big, yeah 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 Tim. It's Tim. Gonzalo Lopez Galejo. No Bicbur Bibam Turv
0: something like that. I think Dingus has gotten closest so far.
1: Yeah. R2 Deitoa Toa. All right. How rude. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to roll through this because my number one is the really good one. Okay. But my number two, I just did because I wanted to see if Dingus was going to put on his list and laugh at him. Uh, It's when uh, Bob Balaban, as Dr. Chandra in 2010, cries. When Hal thanks him for telling the truth that he's going to die when the monolith blows up, it really worked me up.
0: Bob Balaban is in 2010.
1: <sighs> Hate you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, one of those guys you don't see crying. So if it got to Bob Balaban, you know it's really sad. Right. That's that scene works. It's a good point. It's a very also good point. it makes you go look how if, if they just leveled with Hal all along would have been a lot simpler. But instead, he had a, they had to gum up the works.
2: Well, Hal was taught to lie by men who find it easy to lie.
1: That's uh, true. You mean uh, uh, Sergeant Poole? Captain America. <laughs> what was the other guy's name? <laughs> Frank Pool. Sergeant Poole. Frank Poole. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other guy? Did you know the fourth 2001 book's about that guy? Like, the guy in space, how Kills, like, they bring him back, the aliens. That's not true. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's 3,000 one. It's like 1,000 years later, and that guy gets.
0: That's worse than Minority Report. Or, uh, I mean, AI. That's worse than the end of AI. Good Lord.
1: No, because uh, the plot is, uh, the aliens are going to judge whether we're worthy or not to keep alive, and they decide not to. <laughs> so he has to, like, he's like, a, he has to become the lawyer for our defense or something. I better read it. The third one was about diamonds, though, and I realized it wasn't. I was no longer giving a shit about the mythos. Do
2: you didn't like the, it, di- the uh, diamond elevator? That didn't do it for you. <sighs> January Joneses
1: in the thing. Hey, the whatnot. So yeah, that's my number two. I guess Dingus didn't pick that because he hates uh, 2010.
0: I think he's okay with 2010. He just hates 2001 because Stanley Kubrick directed
2: it. Because there's no tears Ow. in it. Ah,
0: good point. Dingus, what's something that has tears in it that you do like enough that it would make your 3x3 three three this week?
2: Alright, here's my number two. This is what inspired the category. I think I'll give you fellas a quote from it.
0: I feel much better about
2: this one. Alright, go. I don't know if I'm doing it right, but if I am, Bombs. Okay, uh, Captain America when Spock died.
0: I am bombed. Dingus, that's not... Dingus is parable at lines. Uh, give me Omega more- Man. We need a a hint, Dingus. We need a hint. All right, here's another line. I hate you, God. I'm sorry I said that. It's going to be some Woody Allen thing. Oh,
1: God, book devil. Is it Woody Allen, Dingus? No. Uh, There's no crying in Woody Allen movies or baseball, Tom.
0: Dingus, if you tell us who says those lines, would it give it away? Sure. If you tell us the movie, would it give it away?
2: No. Uh... It's Citizen like the, I, I want to give you one more line, but I'm not going to because it's too much of a spoiler and I'm going to be really vague about this film, but both of you have seen it because we've done a podcast about it. Oh, moment by moment. And it's sort of a movie uh that we've also mentioned during this particular podcast, and it is kind of a movie about superheroes.
0: I don't know if I'm doing it right. When, does, when do they say that on Super? I don't know if I'm doing it right. but bon- Oh, you know no. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's Rain. Is it Rain Wilson's opening scene? Or, well, I
2: got it, oh, it, it. I think I know what it is. Uh, and it's a good yeah. Yeah, thing.
0: <laughs>
2: and I don't want to talk about it. but I want, And I don't think I need to because both of you have seen it. And anybody who has seen it will know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to be very, very vague. And it's the final moment of a character in this film, and I'm not going to say what character, but it's when that character realizes how much that character has been given in life. And that tear is what made me love this film. Uh, Dingus, if you
0: love Rain Wilson, you should see a movie called Peep World.
2: All right, I'm going to get right on that. What made you see that, Tom?
0: Huh? <laughs> Freaking Netflix, man. Uh, Kelly one, can you uh. give me some lines from Super? Dingus is provided two. I want more. Uh, you can't push on a rope. These things were written long ago. Something like that. <laughs> Kelly Wan, why didn't you just go No, that's not the kind of touching I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> oh. I was thinking about bolty, Cushing. Uh, Wait. <laughs> Can that... you just do an impersonation? Bolty or bolty? Can you it's it's bolty, isn't it?
0: Can you just do an impersonation of Michael Rooker eating those those juju bear things? No. All right. I think you can. <laughs> juju bears. What are those uh, black and white? racists? Good and Plenties, good and Plenties, or whatever it is.
1: Oh, I don't remember what you're talking about.
0: Uh, it's actually, it, there's a couple of scenes with uh, Michael Rooker in them, and he's talked about this on a podcast that Dingus and I have heard, where uh, just near right before they were shooting, uh, I forget if Rooker came up with it or if Jamie Gunn, the director, decided. But at one point, they just give him a box of candy to eat. And they're like, here, eat this in the scene. And so in the scene, he's just eating it. And at the end of the scene, he offers some to, to Rain Wilson. Uh, that's it's, a, they, it's a non-faked physical bit.
1: They gave Marlon Brando the cat at the last second in God. Oh, is that true? Wow. Yeah. It's it like a random last second. Like, oh, here, take this. Enjoy. And then the next uh, there's... There's an awesome cat
0: scene in Game of Thrones, which you should watch, Kelly Wand.
1: <laughs> Dude. All right, See, think the Martells are the southeast and the Tyrells.
0: Okay, so the only reason I know about the Martells is because when Bran is being quizzed by his instructor about the different sigils and the words and the lords, and he says the wrong words for one of the houses, the instructor's like, no, that's House Martell. I think as far as I know, that's their only appearance
1: in the TV show. What do you think of that? Uh- See, but the Lannisters pay their debts, but that's not their words. It's something like "we hate you" or something. Family honor, loyalty, Dis- dishonor, <laughs> benevolent Order of Elks.
0: But that's not a movie. That's Slots. a TV show. So we'll cover that on our. TV oh, TV.
1: oh, oh, oh! Yeah.
0: Uh, now let's go to. Are we at my number one? Yes. Yay! We- Man, when did that happen? Uh, this is another bad one, but it's just so effective for me. I mean, I just can't. It has so little to do with the substance of the movie. I've talked about it before, I think, on my favorite uh, real moments, which, again, we're almost all children in distress, so that's weird. Um, but it's... It's creepy, Tom. It's, you know, it's, that stuff is affecting to, to me. Um, Exploitative. It's this, it's, this it's, great, it's this great scene in uh, All the Real Girls where... Uh, and it doesn't have a lot to do with the substance of the movie, but it just seems like David Gordon Green was having the actor's improv. And there's one scene where this little tiny Asian girl is explaining to her dad about how she had a dream in which he was dead. Uh, and she's welling up as she's saying it. And the actor working opposite her obviously tears up. And she reaches up and wipes a tear away. But it's just it's just two actors. I don't know what their relationship to each is. To each other i don't even know if this actress is maybe i say actress just a little girl i don't even know if she's maybe his real daughter or something but god that scene just gets to me every time uh so that's my number one is uh the little girl he's fixing her hair she's talking about a dream she had in which he died she starts crying and he has this sympathetic reaction and she reaches up and wipes a tear off his face so that's probably my favorite movie crying episode right there
2: all right hold on let me check the the judges have a ruling on this one tom hold on
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, but that's a tear. Is it because I've used it before for favorite uh, real moments?
2: That exact moment was a real moment. I'm a, I'm afraid the judges have come back with that exact moment, Tom. I, I apologize. You're not
0: Wait, you me. mean so if it's a real moment, it can't be a favorite tear?
2: No, you can use that. But last time you said her name, and I was looking forward to her name. Well,
1: uh, I thought we were matriarchy. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> that's okay. fine. I, I love that moment, so that's fine.
0: Did you ever go back and watch the whole movie, Dingus?
2: Uh, that's a negative, Ghost Rider. I meant to. Does that, right.
0: Does that matter? Well, you hate it, so until until you actually watch it and, and realize that you like it, uh, I'm not going to accept your
2: approval of this choice. But the thing is, I've come to love it so much more by you describing that particular scene <laughs> that I don't think I want to bother watching it again because I have such warm and fuzzy feelings about it because of that particular scene. Well,
0: I did go back. Uh, so, when I talked about it before, I, I mentioned how little this scene has to do with the substance of the movie. And that's not entirely true because the, the, The older man in the scene, the father, does kind of serve as a mentor to the the male lead. And there's There's a scene where the male lead, Paul Schneider, and the man playing the father who cries in the scene are walking along talking about relationships and the value of relationships and how to balance the pain of the relationship ending with the enormous value you get from it before it's ended. And the man who's crying in the scene with the little girl talks about when he lost his wife. So what you can draw from that is that he is a widower, and the little girl's mother is dead, and now she's got this anxiety about her father dying. So it does tie more into the main substance of the story than I remembered when I used it in my previous 3x3. Um, But, Dingus, watch that movie again, for Pete's sake. You you know what? If you're going to pretend to be a David Gordon Green fan, I think you need to bone up. He was awesome
1: on NO210 before that whole Megan Fox thing happened to him. (sighs) Kelly Wand. Ugh.
2: (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right enough about uh all the real girls let's go on to kelly wan's number one favorite tier
1: in all of movie the w- dingus go away no i'm still here uh, okay it's kind of quiet
2: uh, no, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, considering a... Tom's admonition and wondering whether I want to risk it because of what I just said before, how much I like
1: Silence of, uh, born of thinking about things Tom said is always silence misplaced.
2: What I would kind of like to do is do this weird mystery science theater thing where where Tom watches the movie, but I just listen to him <laughs> talking about it without having to watch it, because that no. movie annoyed the hell out of me for reasons that now I can't really describe. I have two words to
0: give you real quick, Dingus, and then we'll move on. Are you ready for these two words? Yes. Zoe Deschanel. All
2: right. Does she sing? If she sings, I'll watch it.
0: I don't remember if she sings. Probably. But there you go. Also, I'll get two more words for you. Danny McBride. All
2: right. I don't remember. Uh, Will you just do me a favor and remove the bowling alley scene, and I'll watch it.
0: (laughs) You just don't like the framing because they have to duck down to get into the frame. (laughs) Uh, All right, Kelly Wan, get us out of this. What is your number one
1: favorite movie tier? All right. I have a good runner-up, so keep listening. It's good. (laughs) Or fast-forward to it. It's a good plug. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to give people something to look forward to. My actual number one is something not that good, which is um, at the end of Battle for Planet of the Apes, uh, the fifth Planet of the Apes movie, it ends with uh, an ape statue, of the revolutionary ape Caesar weeping at the end, like a tear falls down the statue's face, and the guy telling the story goes, only the dead know the future, and then the statue weeps. And I like that because it's the first movie ends with the Statue of Liberty not crying, the Tom heston crying and then at the end of the fifth one it's like things come full circle it's a statue of a monkey crying uh so (laughs) okay it's a way it it proves that the continuum was changed so it teaches children science physics and history and uh animal science biology go on natural science natural history uh marine biology because tears are water uh oceanography because tears are salt water
0: chemistry uh, chemistry chemistry
1: chemistry chemistry both of those and also (laughs) filmmaking technology very good making a tear that weeps was only known to south american uh monastery administrators what about the
2: french you took
0: all right good so that's kelly Wan's number one now let's get to the crux of this matter dingus what pos- oh actually you said your number two is what possessed you to do this this topic, possessed right? him my number <laughs> like a woman's silhouette
2: possesses a bathroom
0: uh your number two was the inspiration for the topic but obviously i presume you like your number one better is that what what we're saying here
2: Absolutely. My number one is what really this week I watched it and I e- immediately emailed you guys and said this this movie that I just watched made me feel awesome about this week's three by three.
0: Yeah, I remember getting that. and I'm sure I speak for me and Kelly Wand when I say I have no idea what the hell you're getting out with that. But good. I
1: just said delete. But I'm really <laughs> excited.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to hear what whatever possessed you to send out an email like that. I'm
1: excited. Check, look at this. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, like, this is this is one of the reasons I love. You know, I've I said many times. One of the reasons I love doing three by threes is that I get to rewatch films I haven't seen in a while. But this particular one, and this is something you guys have said more often, is that it gives you a chance just to suggest people see something they haven't seen. Uh, and this is the first time I would ever seen this movie, and I'm certain Tom has seen it. I have no idea whether Kelly Wand has seen it, but I doubt probably seen not it, because yeah. it has a preposition in it or an oh, article. <laughs> Please state. Uh, and it has one of my favorite first lines in a movie ever. And the first line of this movie is, Okay.
0: Dadgummit, I know what this is. Ugh, oh, for Pete's sake. Uh, Kelly Wan, is this ringing any bells? Who says that line? What actor?
2: The actor, actor dear? the actor who says it is, I just love this actor so freaking much. And this is another reason why I'm... I why this gets my number one uh in this list. Because I really want people to see this film and I really want more people to love this actor. Film this, booth. What? I don't know the name of the film though. That's the actor's name. <laughs> the actor's name is Eddie Marsen. Uh, Finally. Did it take you long thanks. enough to see that? That's right. You actually
0: had it at your house. Uh okay. now I'm not remembering the specific crying bet. I just this thing is a I haven't seen this in a while. Kelly Wand absolutely needs to see this for reasons that dingus, we only have to say one thing about this movie and Kelly Wand will probably watch it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so this is an easy sell for him. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, go ahead. Talk a little bit more. What What's the specific scene or how much should you tell us about it?
2: Uh, you know, th- th- this is the problem. I don't want to say too much about it. Jeez. Um, ah, I just don't want to give away what happens. I want people to see it so badly. I, and uh
0: did right, I spoil anything? Name, go, did I spoil anything when I told you that one of my favorite things about this movie was the title card? No. And do you I, know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's who's just nude got, in it. It's got an incredible opening <laughs> sequence. Uh, okay. The name of the movie is The Disappearance of Alice Creed. And go ahead and tell Kelly Wand who's nude in it. It's a little actress named Gemma. Ah. Uh. Arterton no. very good Kelly Wand and her middle so name saying, her middle name is uh. Uh, it's Gemmer Gemma, Gemma Arterton and Eddie Marsan is another character in this movie um, he plays a guy named Vic and uh, there's a moment in this movie where Vic sheds a tear and before this moment, Vic holds back crying, which is something i love to see an actor do. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. Vic sheds one tear. And it's a scene where other people are crying, too. Uh, but Vic's one tear that he sheds and why he sheds it um, is phenomenal to me. And you've got to see this movie because Eddie Marsan is a freaking phenomenal actor. And this movie is really, really good,
0: so you have your instructions, Kelly Wan. Do you understand your instructions, or do you have any further questions?
2: <laughs> how nude
1: is she in it? Oh, in you'll how get much of the movie. You'll get plenty because these images coming up seem a little bleak looking. <laughs> Quick Google imaging. We're
0: right, doing a search yeah, yeah. for that. Uh, well, if she's new, so, it'd be on the thing. So the appeal of uh, Disappearance of Alice Creed is kind of not knowing what genre it is or where it's going or what it's going to do. I mean, on the surface, it's just about a kidnapping, and that's really all that needs to be said. Uh and I just think that's all you should know and you should see it. Uh, it's just incredible writing, too. And just some very good actors. There's also, and Kelly Wong, I don't know if this does anything for you, there's, there's a great
1: instance of dude nudity in it, too. I love the dude nudity scene. Uh, like, it's <laughs> good for contrast. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, like uh, chiaroscuro lighting, if you will. I've never heard that's that That's what a penis and a vagina Right. All right. It's a lighting term. It's <laughs> um, hmm. All right. That's, that's a good pick, uh, Dingus. All right. Disappearance
0: of
2: Alice Creed. Uh, now, Tom, ind- did, huh? I don't remember you suggesting it to me. I remember, I, you know, it showed up well, at my why, house, and I couldn't right. figure out why, and right. then you mentioned it in a thread. Like, somebody said they had watched something called Kidnapped, and you said, you should have watched this instead. And, right. and it was already at my house by that time, and I went, wow, why, why did you bring that up? So you must have mentioned it to me. I, th- I think I wanted you to see it without even knowing that Eddie Marsan was in it. Uh, oh, man, that guy. I wish... I wish I, don't know, I would love... Two things. I wish more people knew him and saw him, and I wish... I could see him on stage. Oh that yeah! Wow. Freaking amazing! He's got so much freaking power and and so much every. He's just amazing. He's one of my favorite actors. Well, I don't think he gets to do roles that often. I mean, I guess in some indie things, but normally he
0: he's playing smaller, meeker people, and that's I love how much uh like, like sort of physical power he's got in that role. Uh, and actually, you know what? Even in Happy Go Lucky, like he's still a, sort of a small, angry little man. But it's a different kind of sort of f- like misguided fury he's got in that movie. Right. Uh, and there's so much more, just sort of controlled power that he has in Disappearance of Alice Creed. Uh, I love
1: seeing. Speaking of maker, how long do I have to watch till Alice Creed's top disappears?
0: <laughs> Kelly, Wanda, even if she was had, even if this movie had no nudity, you should see it. What do you think of that?
1: What? That's not a movie. That's like just, a documentary or
2: something. You just took two steps back, Tom. Uh, uh, two seconds. The answer is two seconds, Kelly. Want. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I, can, I can wait. And from then on out, in the rest really? of the no, yeah. so you <laughs> now you're, you're just joshing gone. me. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, what kind of runners-up do you guys have? Because I'm afraid I don't. You know what? I do have. So I actually, but when I was thinking of griefing this list because I couldn't think of anything for it, I wanted to to find a specific CG tier. And I don't know, like, I I just know for a fact that that's got to happen sometimes. And the only time where I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that's exactly what happened, and I actually went back and watched this to verify, in Resident Evil Extinction, which we <laughs> we I think all of us kind of liked the last Resident Evil. This is the one before no. the last one. Really? Not all of us. You didn't like uh-huh. that one. All right. Uh, well, this is the one before the last one, and it's flat out awful. It has nothing to recommend it. But I'm I'm pretty sure fast forwarding to it, I could identify at least two times where they wanted to have Mila Jovovich cry, but she just couldn't be arsed to sum up the energy or whatever. So they just CG a tear on her face. And it looks so ridiculous because then in in the immediate next scene, there's always a cut. You know, she's dry-eyed or clear-eyed and stuff. But uh, Mm. so I was looking for a CG tear and I'm pretty sure there are at least two of them at separate moments in Resident Evil
1: Extinction. That's that's my runner-up, by the way. Martin Lawrence's character in Black Knight wasn't really crying. Uh, I would agree with you if I had seen it. Oh. Also... (laughs) One of my runners-up was the tear of the guy at Sundance in the video after the woman when they kicked him out of the theater for being annoying. And he was talking about, oh, the woman it's evil. It's entertainment. And he's, he's kind of crying. Do
2: you have any runners-up for your list? I have one runner-up. <laughs> and, in fact, I'm going to give you a quote from it. Okay. Uh, uh, Here's the quote. Like tears in rain. Oh. Star Trek Trek uh. 5 search for for Spock. It's Wrath of Khan. But nice try. I always
0: confuse them. (laughs) See, you don't know if he's crying there because they're spraying fake rain all over him. That Ridley Scott, you know. He's crazy.
1: Oh, they're remaking Star Wars, but Shia LaBeouf's Han Solo. (laughs) That would be awesome. Are you guys ready
0: for next week's 3x3? I really am because we're falling apart. Let's go. Okay, you guys are going to hate this. Uh, but I'm trying to, to, rather than make you guys remember tough things, because I was trying to remember tears all week and couldn't, I'm instead going to let you, This is kind of a cross between thinking something up and remembering stuff, but you don't have to uh. remember stuff from very far back. This is our semi-annual, we'll call it, three-by-three catch-up. So what I want you guys to do is take a movie from this year, that we've seen in the last, what, uh, six, seven months, and stick it in a 3x3 we've already done. And I want you to do that three times for our 2011 3x3 catch-up. Any questions?
2: (sighs) (laughs) Now, does it have to be released in 2011, or is it yeah? yeah, from now?
0: No, no, it's a, it's, it has to be released this year, so
2: you've got, what, what is that,
0: what, however many movies we've seen in 2011, uh, some good, some bad. And I just want you to just look over the list of movies we've seen and then stick them in other 3 by 3s Then I
1: have to remember all the 3 by 3s we've done.
2: They're lists. No! But it, <laughs> it, it has cares? to be a movie that we've done for the podcast. Correct, yes. yes. Right. Can it be and the
1: same a- list we used it-
0: them for the first time? I don't know that we've been that contemporary. This is just an, this is just an opportunity for us to bring recent movies to older three by threes.
2: I've got two that I can put all the real girls. Okay, yeah, I can put X Men on <laughs> tears. Moving in Oblivion.
1: One. Good. Okay, I got Oblivion. I got two different tears from Living that.
0: Oblivion did not come out in two thousand eleven. I'm pretty sure. No. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant
1: movies we talked about in two thousand
0: eleven. No, no, movies that we have seen that came out this year. How about that we've done for the podcast? If there's something that came out this year that you saw that we didn't do for the podcast, I don't think you guys have seen that many. Then feel free, but I just want current movies stuck in older three by threes. Let me pitch you an alternate
1: category, category, and then if right. you overrule me, we'll do yours. I'm three, not doing it. You could save it,
0: Kelly. Wanda, if you've got one, save it because you need a you need a store of three by threes for
1: <laughs> which to draw. You People have also- already done Sense of Place. <laughs> three scenes save we it. think stop. are okay so just in one liner la <laughs> la 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 the only thing we can stop him alright I'll save it and you have to if, if I save it though you're gonna have to do it so if I just throw it out I there will. like garbage right now you don't have to worry about it I will do it and
0: I look forward to doing it alright uh, that was this week's uh quarter the movie podcast <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: this September. week's everything sorry uh <laughs>
0: My name is, Sorry, I move
2: have been next, joined by,
0: next week. oh, yeah, wait, wait, right, wait, right, right. uh, so what are, uh, uh, Gingus, what movie are we seeing next week?
2: I believe we're seeing The Devil's Double.
1: The Devil's Double.
2: The okay. Double Double. It's where two guys pee in a fountain. are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
0: want... you guys coming at me guns hot like that. Get it Ooh. Kelly Wand, would you like to tell me where you've received your training? Afghanistan? Hey, I- Chechnya?
1: That guy's on uh, New Adventures of Old Christine. and uh,
2: He was also he in, um, oh, the movie we saw this week. That's right.
0: And he what? was in uh, Thor. And Clark Gregg is his, way, is his name, by the way. I finally found out. Clark Gregg. So the great oh, Clark-, the- Clark Gregg.
2: No, I'm thinking uh, of Dominic, the, the lead, actually.
0: Oh, Dominic Cooper. No, Dominic wait, wait. We-
2: yeah. Now,
0: Clark Gregg is the, yeah. uh, would you like to tell me where you received Thor? Would you like to tell me where you received your training? That's the actual
1: line. He says that line on New Adventures of Old Christine like every week. I hope he does. He should.
2: It's Whatever right. that is, What's thinking of the, devil, the Devil's Double guy was in um, Devil's Double devil, uh, in Captain America. Yeah.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Oh, spoiler, but I did not know that. Good to know. Right? Uh, the guy who played Howard Stark. Right. It's like a cross between Tony Stark and Howard Hughes, you see.
1: Ah. ah, and Captain America is a cross between Superman and Uncle Sam.
0: Um, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to accept that. <laughs> anyway, join us next week for Devil's Devil. Our three x three will be our uh, semi annual three x three catch up. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian M-
2: Musalski. Muzula- it's Christian Moroski
1: And Kelly Wand. That iconic comic book ad where Captain America and Private Benjamin teamed up to fight air pollution—it's timeless. La I am, I am, I am
2: Superman.
1: I know you la, don't love that uh, guy uh, Cause <clears> I can't see right through Uh Body switch movie, David Niven
2: and Larry Niven. Probably too late to go to the bathroom now, huh? Ooh.